<laughs> Tonight on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer To another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am your host, Insane Mike. Always monkeying around. Oh! oh. <laughs> Couldn't wait. Had to get it. Uh, so, if you haven't figured it out, tonight we're going to be talking about primate horror movies, horror movies featuring monkeys and gorillas and orangutans and such. But first, let me introduce you to the podcast crew. First off, he's hairier than all the apes in the movies that we're going to be talking about. Jason Bollinger. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, thanks. Next up, she likes bananas and throwing her own feces. Terry Turfer. I knew it. I knew it. Well, one of those things is true. It's the poop. <laughs> Wait, it might be the poop. Alright, hey everybody. Uh. And lastly tonight, get your hands off me, you damn dirty Sam Hayes. <laughs> oh. Damn you. Damn you out of hell. <laughs> I don't. Good, good. How's how's everybody doing t- tonight? Good. Good. We're awesome. We're down a couple, folks. Yeah, yeah. No Dustin tonight, no John tonight. But we got the legend. The legend. Sam Hayes. Hayes. Oh, me? Hey. Oh. You guys. (laughs) And Sam, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but that's always a good way to start a a conversation, right? Um, I was was going back (laughs) to some retro classic Dead Milkman music videos. Oh yeah, and you look just—you look just like the drummer for the Dead Milkman. I'm just saying. Really? Yeah. Google it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> let me see. Anything anybody want to talk about before we get into some horror news? Uh, Nothing. No. Right. Nope. Okay, so we'll start off since there's no Dustin. We're gonna try to do our best to fill in, fill his shoes for uh, for horror news here. Killer news. So without any further ado, <laughs> it's time for killer update. No, come on. I mean, I mean, uh, or um, you can't even think of other I words. Can't. I can't. All right, kill it, killing news. Now it's time for killer news. Ripped straight from the headlines on attack of the killer podcast. 
So, killer news. Um, yeah. We all just watched a trailer for the new Del Toro movie. And as we've discussed in past episodes, I, I'm just not going to say try to say his Which Del Toro? Name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Guillermo. G-Dog G Del Toro. That's um, right. <laughs> we just watched his trailer for his upcoming film, Crimson Peak. So awesome, yeah, exciting. Finally, he's got something new coming out, and it's just not a giant list of in developments on his uh, IMDb page, which is still all there, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of in development. But he's finally done being in development on something and actually putting something out. So, yay! Woohoo! What'd you think, Jason? Uh, here's the thing. Uh oh. You went to me first, damn it. Uh, did he direct it or produce it? What that's is it? what I. That's what I was worried about. I and like when the credits at the end flashed, it was too fast for me. But I saw his name in those credits like a hundred times. So I, am guessing, he um, he directed it. Is that true, Terry? What's the um, word, Terry? Um, I just watched the trailer. She's stalling. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> am I am I supposed to be okay? Um, yeah. Did he direct it? <laughs> Type or faster. Type faster. Did he produce it? I think he is the director. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay. So, are you supposed so to? Smart. Are you supposed to say the good thing first or the bad thing first? When you're given. Well, you're first, so you should say something good. No, I mean. When you're giving somebody a critique, are you supposed to start with the good or end with the good? I can't remember. It depends. I, I look at it this way. <laughs> it depends on which which there is more of. If the if you want this to be a positive critique, like majority positive, then end on the positive. If if uh, you thought the trailer sucked and this movie's gonna look awful, then end on the negative. <sighs> Well, or just breathe heavy. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, Ghost. I, just say it, Jason. I'm gonna say the the good thing first, even even <laughs> going against Mike's thing. But if there was a ghost movie, uh, I would. G Dog would be the one who <laughs> who got me to go see it. I don't like ghost. I don't like G movies, but. Wait, 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 wait. You don't like G as in G-Dogs movies? Or no, ghosts? I love G-Dogs G movies. Ghost. I don't love ghosts. Oh. I mean, the first line of the trailer is, ghosts are real. And I say <laughs> bullshit. But that's just me. And and I also look like I'd already seen House on Haunted Hill. I'm not sure. Oh my god, that's the exact same thing that popped into my head. Or 13 Ghosts. I'm not sure what's happening, but... Uh, those two movies yeah. kind of look like those two. Uh, but other than that, the positive, if if anyone was going to get me to see a, a ghost movie, it's G-Dog. Well, and it wouldn't be the first time, either. He's got made you watch a ghost movie. Oh? Well, wait, did you ever see, um, what was his, what was his first movie? Not his first movie, um, I think it was like his second movie. Like the, uh, the Devil's Backbone or whatever? Yeah, Devil's Backbone. Nope. Oh, oh, okay. So I've never, never mind. seen a ghost movie. All right. Yeah. I'm just apparently. kidding. I've seen ghost movies. <laughs> but uh, I saw Ghost. It was all downhill from there. 
Is that what did it? No. Demi Moore fucks things up for everybody. No, I'm pro Swayze. <sighs> Swayze, yes. Demi Moore. No, not so much. Don't mind it. Really? Anyway. Um, <laughs> no, I'm with you. You know, like, it didn't look like it was giving me any, anything to, you know. It but it, it really wasn't. It looked great. But the thing is, is like any any time is. Did he write it? Let's see. Uh, Terry, did he write it? Yes. <laughs> he okay. was a writer. So it has um, to be more than it looks like. Is all exactly because like all of his all of his movies that are, you know, his projects, not another property, um, <clears throat> are that are a little bit more to behold, like Pan's Labyrinth. One of the most imaginative movies of the of the past, I'm going to say decade, but it's probably older than that. It's probably way older than that. Nine, within the past ten years, it was 2006. So, so yeah, okay. So, within the past ten years, um, extremely imaginative, and that was enough to keep you going for that movie. Not to mention then, boom, you got, you got an amazing jaw-dropping ending. You know, Pacific Rim, another great example of something pretty imaginative, something you don't see every day. So at first glance, Crimson Peak's like, okay, I mean, if you were to take his name off of it, you're just like, okay, it's another ghost movie. But I have high hopes that, like, he's going to give us something more. Is that where you're coming from, Jason? That's yep. kind of how I feel. <laughs> <clears throat> what about you, T-Dog? Why are we we talk? Well, there's too many dogs already. We're supposed to be talking about apes. Oh. Why are we talking about dogs? Oh yeah, we got we got right. to save all that for the dog episode. Whatever. Okay, team right. ape. What okay. are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm actually really excited. Um, but why? Because it looks great. I know it's Guillermo del Toro, and I have faith in most of what he puts out. Um, well, it, they and well, and I just out. know. <laughs> um, I know that he didn't make the trailer for this. The movie company did, so they're gonna focus on all of the cool-looking ghosty stuff. But I imagine there's gonna be a really good like backstory, and it'll have an awesome ending. Yeah, what's in the box? What's in the um, box? Well, and just the fucking cast looks so great. I mean, you got Mia right. Wasikowska and Jessica Chastain and Tom Hiddleston and Charlie Hunnam. Like, all people a- Mike couldn't pronounce. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it looks good. <laughs> yeah, and I and looking at the IMDb page, which I'm assuming I'm probably the only one. <laughs> um, the poster looks is kind of cool. I really like it. Yeah, you know the the poster, you know, really reminds me of like you said it. You know, the movie itself looked a lot like House on Haunted Hill and Thirteen mm-hmm. Ghosts, two William Castle movies, and it does kind of have that William Castle vibe, kind of like a more high concept version of something like yeah. that. I'm excited about it. Well, and that that's the thing too with like his original material, other than Pacific Rim. Well, okay, I'll, let me rephrase it. All of his, like, horror-themed original material are all period pieces, too. So uh, mm-hmm. I, you get the impression that he's kind of more of a classic horror film fan. Yeah. I guess Maybe. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Right, right. 
Oh, and it has fucking um, the guy who is on Supernatural. Oh. No one watches that either, right? Nope. God damn it. It's in my Netflix queue. Well, he. The, I watched a couple. That doesn't mean you've watched. The guy with like. No, I watched the, a couple episodes. The guy with the mustache in the trailer is one of the main characters on Supernatural. He's he's Bobby on Supernatural. It was it was he the one that was in the Friday Thirteenth remake that I can relate to. Um, I, that sounds right. Is one of those two guys was in that? Mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Uh, I can't that, remember. That, the, hands, check, the handsome I'm fact one. Checking. The oh, handsome wait. one. Oh wait, they're both the there. one with the strong jaw. Yeah, there you go. Harley Hunnam. Oh wait, I don't know. That's the guy from Sons of Anarchy. I think the blonde guy. I have... what? They're the same. I don't guy. know what we we're talking about. Apes, T ape. <laughs> oh yeah, how come there's no teen <laughs> ape movies on my? On my I master think we list. know why. Thank God Justin couldn't be on this one. It's been all teammate uh, the whole fucking hour. Uh, I could sit here victorious that Justin's not on to rub teen ape in my face. Much like apes throwing feces. <laughs> uh, I hope he listens to this episode too. Yeah, uh, tell him we're talking shit about him. No so. teen ape discussions. Awesome. Well, one more thing I want to say about this um, Crimson Tide movie, Crimson Peak movie, <laughs> really, is um, I can't remember the name of it, and I keep thinking Crimson Tide, and I know that's not it, but I thought it was funny. Um, I don't know. Okay, here's old man, old man, get off my lawn discussion here. Um, uh-huh. Kind of thought some of the CGI work in that chair looked a little shitty. Yeah, that's like the one thing. I mean, you see like, like a like a fucking uh, uh, zombie or something crawling across the floor. It's like, why can't you just make yeah. that practical? Hmm. I well, mean, oh, sorry. It's just okay. no. I'm just saying it's just like so out of hand CGI. It's like even the most basic shit is CGI nowadays, and it's. Well, and he was always yeah. the guy. He was always the guy too. That, right. Like I had faith in that. Still had a love for the practical. Hey, like, he still might. There could hey. have been budgetary reasons. Okay. You don't yeah. know. It may okay. not be. It Let, may not be done. That, that's just, fine. But at the same time, you got to admit that looked kind of. You know, Sam even knew exactly which image I was talking about. <laughs> right. So you all, you all think. Okay. Well, let me just point out, naysayers, that Doug Jones is on the cast list. Ooh. So there are going to be some sweet costumes for him to be in. You better believe that. So I'm going to not be a hater and wait. I'm not like, hating. I'm, no, no. I'm just I'm pre-hating. Hating. Oh, my God. Don't pre-hate. Don't discriminate. <laughs> uh, something. You guys are just all... You don't knock it till you watch it, dude. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying. Well, okay, so Jason can can Jason can talk about pros and cons, but I can't. I also just got that saying okay. I'm happy he's making a freaking movie. Well, his cons were that it's a ghost movie. You can't okay. deny that fact. Okay. You're, so. you're not gonna CGI, man. From the trailer that Guillermo didn't shit. make. Guillermo didn't make that shit? 
And maybe, and you know, we've seen dozens of trailers where it was incomplete effects. I understand that. Yeah, uh-huh. So I'm just hoping that, you know, it's, I'll say it's disappointing because I think that would have been very creepy if it looked cool, if it looked good. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it also kind of looked like it was through glass or a TV reflection or something. What, that... That well, image, some, some the, of it. Mm. I don't know. Okay. I like movies. You know, you know what there needs to be. What's that? Another. Uh, son of a bitch! How did I forget the name of it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the article Sam posted. I forgot. 28 days later? Days. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. That was the greatest segue <laughs> that ever. That blew up ever. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, another... Yeah. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Sam. Uh, Alex Garland, the uh, screenwriter of 28 Days Later, said he's... Uh, he got, like, an idea for a third one, but that's all he really said. So maybe we can uh, expect a third film in that franchise. That Hopefully, awesome. I think it'd be cool. Yeah, love the first. I'm a two. fan. Mm-hmm. Let's hope so. Let's let's hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, monkeys. What about these <laughs> monkeys? Funky monkeys. Primates. Primates. Primate horror films. Who wants to start us off on discuss discussing that on um, primate horror films? Me, Playmate of the Apes. <laughs> that wasn't on your list. Sucker Punch. Yeah, yeah. Um, almost. <laughs> almost as bad as Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. No, come on. <laughs> Why does everybody hate that movie? Playmate of the Apes. Playmate of the Apes is a little bit better because it's got a lot of boobs. Well, yeah, but that's not. All right, I'm just saying. Why? What is? Where is the hate on Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes? Uh, Really? We'll come back back to that. So tell us about Playmate of the Apes. I don't know it. I've never seen it. I've I've seen it. You probably have it. No, I don't have it. But you know who put it out? Yes. Yeah, that shotgun rama suge- uh, yeah. seductive cinema label, who are, you know, or alternative cinema. Yeah, one of those. Did Lenorsky do it? You know, you never know. No, but wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But oh, it's it's bad. It's like there's like maybe five characters in it that are in ape costumes. A couple of them are like effects wise are on the level of teen ape. And then there's like one that's in a in a like a Walmart bought pink gorilla costume. Well, that's the girl. Bella. <laughs> and it's just it's full of the typical like girl on girl action because you could do girl on girl action and have it be soft core because there's because there's no penetration. It's bad. It's it's bad even by those standards. Okay, but, wow. but I'm not watching it. I was <laughs> kidding. 
But Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes is just a scotch better than that. Why? What's wrong with it? <laughs> Have you seen it? Yeah, we saw it together in a theater, yo. Okay, so why, why don't you like it? Or are you just bandwagoning it right now? Oh, I'm total bandwagoning, man. That's what I do. Wait, what are we hitting on? I missed. I was spacing out. <laughs> uh, Tim Burton. Tim Burton's Planet uh, of the Apes. Still? No, we went back Why? to Playmate. We went back to Playmate. Playmate of the Apes, now we're back to Planet. Yeah, that's when I was spacing out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, why are you hating? Why do you like it? I don't know. I thought I thought it was a fun. I mean, before the new ones that have come out here recently, like the prequel style films, like I thought that it was kind of a fun revamp, and I thought that the apes looked great. Yeah, and I like Mark Wahlberg, so yeah. I don't. I didn't have a problem with it. I used to like it when I would watch it. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the backup, Jason. You got it. <laughs> All right, Sam. Tell them why. Tell them why the movie's no good. Because the fucking ending, where <laughs> I don't know. I I haven't seen this since the theater. I can't remember. Th- don't they like find like there were some story the, points it, that were pretty shitty. Like instead yeah. of the Statue of Liberty, it's like what the Lincoln Monument or something. Yeah, instead of the Lincoln Memorial, it was an it was an aber- it was an ape. Ape, Abraham Lincoln. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same thing though. Come on. Abraham. That's well, gonna be my son's name, Abraham. I think it should be. <laughs> I'm I'm actually surprised you do like it, Jason. Why? Because I know how you feel about time travel. Oh. And this movie will make your mind melt on the inconsistencies of the whole time travel discussion in it. Like, why does he go into an alternate reality where, like, it's normal society, but it's all just eight people that they're at the very end? What? What? Like when he when he leaves and he goes back through the whatever the wormhole or whatever, and he ends up does he end up in the future? And you know with Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I mean when he because he shows up he's in Washington and he thinks he's home and all of a sudden he sees the statue and he turns around and there's a couple ape cops, and it's like wait a minute what's going on? Where are we? Oh. In the time stream here. I guess I don't remember right. this. Well, must have been the future, huh? I guess I vaguely remember, barely, but I guess I just always assumed that it was kind of the butterfly effect, like he did something to fuck it up. Well, it was something. the, it was the, uh, I think it was the original monkey, because they had a monkey with him in space. And the monkey got sucked into the wormhole, and he went after the monkey, and that's where he ended up on the Planet of the Apes. And then at the end of the movie, when it's like, apes versus ape war, then 
the original monkey comes through the wormhole and lands, and they all think of him as God or something. And that's, that's what started... See, it's, it's hurting my head already. Yeah, I don't really remember. Yeah, I'm on the page of why let ten minutes ruin a whole good movie. Yeah. And all, Tim Roth was all that awesome. Shit in the middle. Oh, yeah. Tim Roth was awesome. I, I even remember... So was a Rangatan guy. I like him a lot. Well, wasn't that Paul, well, wasn't that Paul Giamatti? Giamatti? Well, Paul Giamatti's good in anything. Yep. And Michael Clark Duncan made a really good ape. Yeah. Yeah, he was good. But Tim Roth, I I oh, know yeah. I I remember t- turning to you at one point, Jason, saying like, "This is one of the this should go down history as one of the best movie movie villains, movie monsters in cinema history." He was a Tim Roth was a badass in that movie. And he was so lost in his character, you know? It's like, it's not just the man hiding behind the makeup. There's the whole performance is hidden there. Hidden? Well, I mean, like, the Tim Roth is hidden behind the performance, not behind the makeup. Oh. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. But where does it stand... Against say the new ones. Oh no, no way. And I and just to back up, what I know Justin would say that the score in the Tim Burton one is fucking amazing. Yeah, it is a really good score. Yeah, it's amazeballs. Maybe one of the best parts of the film, but but the new ones are fucking incredible. Have you seen either of them? I still haven't. No. What? I know. I really want to sit down and watch them both just straight back to back now that I haven't seen either of them. Oh. Sam, have you seen either of the newer? Uh, I saw the uh, the first prequel. I thought it was pretty good. Rise um, of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. What What's the newest one? Was that better? Worse? Better. Dawn really? of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> oh, my God. Or Jason, did you have a preference on which one you liked better? Well... Uh, it's kind of hard to compare. Yeah, I liked... I mean, the ape shit got even better. But... <laughs> the ape I don't shit? Know. <laughs> the apes. Uh, the monkey fun like, was was even be- amazing in the second one. I The story of the first one's just great. Um, yeah. With what's-his-face, but... and And how it all went down. I mean, but the second one, yeah, it totally matches it with the what comes next and and the fallout of what happened in the first one. And yeah. I, I, guess- I, I actually, it was one of the first times I did not like um, Gary Oldman. Oh? I, I didn't really like his performance in it. But really? It, yeah. It just, seemed, see it. it just seemed a little over-the-top slash... And maybe it was just editing, like too much stuff was cut out. It was just like he got to he got to points quicker than maybe he should have. I don't know. Well, you know, now that you say that, I had actually completely forgotten that he was even in it. So that does not bode well for his performance. Yeah. Mm. I mean, um, he's, he's good in it, but it's just, maybe it's just the writing. Like. Well, I get it, though, because I, I, as much as I love Gary Oldman, he's right up there with Tim Roth for me. Yeah, I don't think um, it was him, but it was a little over the top. A and maybe much. it's not him, but I've seen him give some like pretty off the you know, off <laughs> the chain performances. Like, 
yeah. Like somebody, a director needed to kind of rein him in a little bit. I've seen that a few times from him. But, you know, but at the same time, like, this guy was, this guy has been Sid Vicious. He's been, um, <laughs> you know, Dra- Dracula. He, he is a badass mother effer that I, you know, if I was his director, I'd probably just let him go as well. You know, it, it just have all my faith in Gary Oldman, but but everyone in in both of those films are amazing and do a great job, and and the effects, yeah. man, you you, I swear to God, like oh, you're watching seen... you're watching these fucking monkeys, and you're like, that's yeah. a fucking monkey. Yeah, no, that's exactly. There's no what I shit like say. like the first one. Okay, the first one. I guess I don't know if we should give any background. Maybe uh, the first one is set in the city, like that's right after like the lab experiments and that's when things start to happen and the second one sort of moves it to the jungle so it the first one they looked awesome like the effects were amazing but then when you put them in the backdrop of the jungle like those were just fucking monkeys i've completely forgot that i was oh, watching yeah. anything cgi'd at all it was so well done so probably well done. the best cgi i've seen like ever oh yeah Oh my god! And, yeah. and and it's done so well. Like you spend so much time on the faces of the monkeys, let alone the the main guy. You're, yeah. You're just like you feel everything. It's so it's good. Incredible. Yeah. For not sure. To, not to build it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. But they're okay. fucking good. Well, everything everything I've seen effects wise. <laughs> of those movies do they do look amazing i mean you it does look like you are looking at monkeys so when they're doing like more intelligent things that monkeys should be doing then you're just like how the fuck they train those monkeys to do that and i and you know normally you know sometimes prequels can be kind of hit and miss but the this series of prequels that they're making it's just fascinating to me like i think it's such uh-huh. a cool storyline that they've got going and Andy Serkis as oh, the main ape as Caesar is oh my god, you guys need to watch them. <laughs> I re- I really want to. There's been there's there is no good excuse. Uh, there's no excuse whatsoever I have for not seeing them. I really want to see them. So I don't want you to think that I've been purposely avoiding them. <laughs> um, what? Uh, no, that's all right. All right. I'll take it. Just, you know, stop slacking and... No. Hey! <laughs> off my case! I just watched Dead Snow 2 the other night. Oh, you did! Yay, yay! And it was better, wasn't it? It's freaking awesome. Yeah! Oh, my so God. Good. Zombie Squad for life, man. I'm telling you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sign me up. Uh, and I just... I love the... Okay, we're way off track here, but I don't <laughs> give a shit. I love the whole, like... The, the superpower of creating your own zombie armies. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he had, like, I didn't know where they were going to go with the whole, uh-huh. like, sewing the sewing the arm onto the guy. And I'm like, where is this going to go? Yeah. And I thought it was going to be like an idle hands thing where he just can't control the arm and it's just going to randomly kill people the whole movie. Um, <laughs> you know, which it does a couple times. And I, I've never, I, I, as being a parent, I get so sensitive violence towards children anymore in films <laughs> but what happens to that little boy i was laughing my ass off it was brutal and, 
and gory as hell, but it was so funny. Well, just the way they did it, like, it was oh, yeah. just, you know, they played it completely just funny. They didn't, yeah. Like, he tries to give him CPR, and he just crushes the kid's <laughs> ribs. His hand goes through the kid. That's so ridiculously funny, but, like, yeah, and then it turned out, like, okay, so he's got this power, too, and I'm, I, was, I thought that was awesome. I thought it was really cool, a yeah. neat addition to the whole thing. Now, is it just me, or does these two films really? I mean, for me, it felt like I was I was watching like a Crank and Crank Two. What? No, I, I was watching like the new Evil Dead series. Oh, well, like, uh. these movies are totally Evil Dead One, Two, and Three. The They're movie a lot of fun for sure. The movie, I mean, the, the second one feels so much like Army of Darkness. The movie even starts off with a an exposition um, voiceover dialogue explaining uh-huh. what happened in the first movie, just like Army of Darkness does. I guess, yeah. Now that you say that, I, can, I guess I can see. No wonder I loved it so much. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, of course, you got the whole thing. The hero has lost his hand. He's kind of a misfit hero. A lot of times he does more dumb things than he does good things. It it just totally felt like, you know, it, um, the Evil Dead films to me, but not in the like a ripoff sense though, you know. No, no, it has just a similar feel to it. Yeah, yeah, very very cool. And I, I oh my god, I just remembered the ending. Uh huh. Oh, Wait, Sam, say hey, Sam, have you seen Desno too? Or no, Desno? I have not. Nope. I'll, I'll shut up then because oh my god and I'm not talking about like the conclusion of the story I'm talking about the epilogue there the final the final moment yeah yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah I don't know why they went there but they did <laughs> I was laughing I know I say I wasn't all that upset like it was still funny but <laughs> it was just weird <laughs> I love the zombie squad leader guy. Oh, he was awesome. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, Martin Starr. Since Freaks and Geeks. Holy shit. Adventureland. That was him, wasn't it? Oh, my God. The whole time. Doesn't that make it better? It does make it deeper. Like, he finally finally got a kick ass role where he's not. Yeah, but he's still kind of a dork. He's still super dork. But he had some sweet ass moves in there. Yeah, like, what? I spent a lot of the movie, like, not believing the zombie squad was like really gonna make a difference in the movie, like yeah. it was kind of a joke. Like they were just gonna show up and get murdered. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. I what did I not thought too, take yeah. them seriously at all, and I'm like, oh, I guess they really are part of this movie. Okay. <laughs> and they survived to the end. Man, yeah. spoiler, spoiler, sorry, Sam, but they survived to the end. I'm like, holy shit! Yeah. I thought for sure they were just fodder as well, you yeah. know. My favorite is the. Um, the tag-along zombie that they have. Oh, fuck. He <laughs> is my fuck. favorite. Oh, yeah. He is my absolute Just keep bringing him back. Oh, man. <laughs> that guy funny. is the best. He's so funny. Like how they get the car unstuck from the mud. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then he's still a fighter. He's still a fighter there at the end, you know. Oh, yeah. He's, hey. he's doing his part. <laughs> Even I mean, though he's guy... like half of his limbs exactly he's got to be just like held together by like just thin strands of skin or something at this point but yet he's got some sweet kung fu action moves in the end as well so awesome 
You should watch it, Sam. It is on Netflix. Oh, I will. You convince me. Have you seen Dead Snow? Nope. Well, you probably don't have to because they do a really decent yeah. recap at the a beginning. Okay. So you can watch it separately and it'd be yeah. fine. I mean, I watched <laughs> Evil Dead out of order too, so. Me too. <laughs> Here's an action I have to Dead Snow 2 to Army of Darkness. I, a couple more actually I want to bring up. Um, one, the movie, the, the final conclusion of the movie is, is, is this huge fight between two between these two um, you got like the undead and then you've got like uh, King Arthur and, and then Redbeard shows up. Uh-huh. I kind of yeah. felt like the leader of the Russian zombies kind of had a red beard look going about him because he had, well, hell, he had a red beard. <laughs> <clears throat> and also just tone-wise compared to the first movie, the first movie was a bit darker. I mean, yes, a very comedic, but a bit darker black comedy to it. This had a lot more slapsticky, lighter comedy to it, even though it was mm-hmm. gory as hell, yeah. just like Army of Darkness. So. It's true. It's very true. So there you go. Now I kind of want to see, um, because like the same, the guy who made both movies, I love them, both these movies. Now I kind of want to go and watch that Hansel and Gretel movie because he directed <laughs> That's that. That's good. Kid. Which one? Is that the one with the... Jeremy the... Renner? Oh. Yeah, Hawkeye. Yeah, I've never seen that one. Jeremy Renner, yes. I it's think it's good. on Netflix. Yeah, I liked it. it is. I, yeah, I say I've heard good things about it. I thought it looked fucking retarded. Is it really good? <laughs> no, it looks it looks retarded. You're not wrong. But I liked it. Well, same director, so you know, it just makes me want to give that movie a a look over. For sure, yeah. Because even after I first found out it was directed by him, I'm just like. Uh, is it still gonna be any good? You always, you always see these these movies where a foreign a foreign filmmaker comes to the states and makes a movie, and it's just it doesn't they don't have the same vision as their as their foreign films has, and I'm like I don't know, but I mean Jet Snow two kind of felt like it was a combo um, production, right? I mean it had like a lot of American actors and oh yeah, had some American money behind it, but it was all you know, still set in Germany and all that, and still well, kind of had a feel of a Germany production to it. So I, I mean, I think the whole the f- whole first one wasn't it all in foreign. Yeah, it was all German. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was all subtitled, whereas this one. It's all English. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it has a bit at the beginning. It has some foreign language, but. And I, I that's one thing I noticed on the Netflix when we watched it. Did you? There were some things that they didn't subtitle on the version they had. Yeah. That, yeah. Which I had watched a version that had all subtitles the entire time. So. Well, what? I, yeah, when I watched it, my closed caption was on. So. I'm oh, just trying to remember what was gotcha. and what wasn't. Yeah, right toward the beginning, it was kind of I had to kind of fill people in on what they were kind of generally mm-hmm. saying. <laughs> I don't yeah, know German, but... Yeah. If I didn't have the closed caption on, I probably wouldn't have understood a single word that the, zomb- the zombie Germans were saying. Yeah. Because they were really hard to understand. 
And they and a lot of their stuff wasn't subtitled either, so Yeah. So yeah, Dead Snow 2, surely there's some kind of a connection to monkeys in there somewhere, but I haven't figured it out yet, so we can we might as well move on. I wonder if that guy's making another movie. I'm gonna have to look. <laughs> I'm, I'm turning into quite a fan. Yeah. Terry? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he is making a Hansel and Gretel 2. <laughs> oh, jeez. I just want to see what, what new he's going to pull out of his hat next. I don't know what Kill Bulho, Buljo is, but he's done two of those movies. Oh, all right. Hold on. Sounds like Kill Bill ripoff. That works for me. On first impression. Hmm. But, yeah. So, apes? Primates? Yeah? <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, it is! Oh my god! It's totally... It's a Norwegian parody of Kill Bill. <laughs> Outstanding! That's, that's what the description says. Wow, they're not even hiding the fact. We're ripping this off. <laughs> ripping off homage. Right, right, right. I don't know, it'd probably be pretty funny. Yeah. So far so good. Cuz that was his first that was his first full movie was that the original and then they did a second one a couple years ago. So. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. So, Sam, killer monkey what movies, killer apes. Killer apes. What do you think? Killer apes. Um, <laughs> there's not enough of them, man. We need more killer ape movies. This is true. It seems like it seems like a lot of these movies are like from the 60s or prior there's not like a lot of modern monkey movies why do you think that is there was i think there was quite a bit of an explosion back in the um in the early days of of sci-fi and horror of uh, you know and well people complain today about like if if uh if something if there's a popular movie out that like hollywood just keeps making it and making it and making it until it gets beaten into the ground like ghost movies or whatever but that trend dates all the way back to you know to the early days of cinema you know take your like sci- your science fiction boom of the 50s you know there was one successful giant insect movie that came out called them and all of a sudden you got like you know 20 imitators to come out after that and right. and i don't know if um if there was a movie that started that the whole gorilla movement or if it was just a cheap monster to put into your film because you could get a decent-looking gorilla costume mm-hmm. and put an actor in it. But there was a huge explosion back in the day of just, like, killer gorillas in, in films like, um, oh, like Murder at the Rue Morgue. Um, uh, I'm blanking right. now. Just, I mean, there- you know... In TV, you know, I, I think you're right. Like, gorilla costumes were just like an easy monster to make, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even in the Three Stooges shorts, you had a lot of guys in monkey outfits and 
Abbott and Costello, all this stuff. Yeah, even but, e- yeah, even so much so that like there were monsters in these some of these movies that weren't supposed to be gorillas, but they were still just people in gorilla outfits. Like there was a movie called Teenage Zombie from the fifties, and it's just a guy in a gorilla suit. Then there was um, like Hillbillies in the Haunted House, where it's supposed to be kind of a ghost, a haunted house ghost movie. It's just a guy in a gorilla suit, you know. Um, yeah, wasn't monster- there like some some fifties outer space movie where it's like you know a gorilla suit with like oh yeah kinda... now you're talking the cream of the crop like robot monster. <laughs> yeah, I think that's yeah. it. Where they mixed it up a little bit, still a guy in a gorilla suit, <laughs> but they took the gorilla face off and put a diving helmet on. Right. Robot Monster, that's it. Mm-hmm. This happened a lot. Monsters crashed the pajama party. It was about this mad scientist that was, like, kidnapping teenagers and turning them into monsters. But they were just gorillas. They were just guys in gorilla suits. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think it just boiled down. It was, like, a super cheap way to, uh, to uh, for a monster creation. We don't have to really put any imagination in it. We're just gonna buy a gorilla suit. Right, right. Do you think? Do you think King Kong was like the first one though that kind of kicked off the whole gorilla craze? I have some notes here about that. Um, I think King Kong helped, but I don't think it was the first. Uh, maybe the, maybe you're right. Maybe it was like the. Uh, the start of the craze of gorillas, but um, there's been killer gorillas dating all the way back. I had it written down somewhere and I can't find it now, but dating back to silent films, mm-hmm. there was um, there was a killer gorilla movie. Um, I can't remember what, what it was called now, but but yeah, I think you're right. Maybe King Kong was probably the start of it. At least at least the start of like oversized apes wreaking havoc. Because there's been a ton of those as well. Yeah. Giant apes. Giant apes. You got like Mighty Joe Young and um, Conga and one of my personal favorites, Ape. A apostrophe. Not apostrophe. A period, P period, E period. That's how That's how the movie's. That's the title of the movie. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. It's awesome. So you mentioned King Kong, Sam. Have you yeah, seen? Yeah, well, uh, let's talk about that. Yeah. Yep. The uh, you you know what the the original King Kong the thirty three version I think was probably one of the first horror films I ever saw. Oh, interesting. And, uh, nice. I tried to rewatch it for this. It's been years, but yeah, I first saw it on a crappy old VHS tape. I was probably like five years old or something. Uh huh. I love it though. I think I don't know. It's just the stop motion effects and everything is just so surreal. I, I want to rewatch it to see if it still holds up, but you know, from what I remember, it's just you know, just something about it. It's so you know, even though it is obviously pretty low budget by to today's standards, at least you know, and pretty tacky looking. It's you know, pretty unsettling. All the effects. Yeah. You know, not just Kong himself, but, you know, the dinosaurs and everything. 
Oh yeah, yeah. That always stood out in my mind with the originals. Like, well, any incarnation of King Kong really. That's always my mm. favorite stuff of King Kong fighting the dinosaurs on the island. Right. But yeah, like you know, when you first see him in the movie and those doors open. I mean, the first time I saw that, I I just got chills. Mm-hmm. Or like the uh, the scene where those guys are like on the log over the pit, and he's like rolling them around, like knocking them off. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, that's it's a good scene. The interesting thing I think is um, even all the way up to the most current version of King Kong, uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong. It's like every version of King Kong has those beats to it, you know. You got all the action on Dinosaur Island. Um, you know, fight, got you see King Kong fighting uh, dinosaurs. You've got the stuff. You know, get get the whole Empire State Building thing. You've got the you know the damsel in distress thing. All those beats are there, and I think that's just because like the original film is so iconic. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a great adventure flick. Mm-hmm. Jason, do you remember much of the original King Kong? Uh, not really. I'm not even sure if I've seen that version. I mean, tons of clips are around. But I think I just remember the Jeff Bridges one first. I think, I think maybe the Jeff Bridges one was my introduction to King Kong. And I just remember, like, loving and being terrified of that movie all at the same time. Because, to me, to me, this was like a brutal-ass King Kong. I mean, I I was in grade school when I first saw this. And, like, when he fights that dinosaur and rips its jaw off. Yeah. You know, that, like, freaked me out. The biggest thing that freaked me out is just, like... And I think I had seen maybe some Godzilla movies up, at the, up to that point as well. And it's like, you always see people running away from the monster, these giant monsters and stuff, but nobody's really getting hurt. And in this movie, King Kong steps on Charles Grodin. <laughs> and just and then with the even the even the more disturbing part is he lifts his foot and you get to see what was underneath. Yeah. And he's just like mushed into non-existence. There's all that's left is his clothes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the uh, the Jeff Bridges version is like the one that I haven't actually seen entirely. So, oh yeah, yeah. Well, so is there like any stop motion in the film? Is it just guys in suits? What are the effects like? It's it's a lot of like um, force green, perspective, force perspectives, and green screen. It's just yeah, it's just a guy in a suit. Um, they did build like oversized like hands, you know, Godzilla shit. hands and stuff for Jessica Lang to hang out in and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's a guy in a suit, and and probably the thing that um, doesn't hold up today is the fact that King Kong in this one. Looks like a guy in a suit. I mean, there's really no gorilla performance in it. I mean, he's like standing upright through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. He's just a guy in a suit. I mean, that's the thing that I really appreciate about um, Peter Jackson's version of it is that this isn't like 
you know, a, a guy trying to pretend to be a gorilla or, I mean, this is just an oversized gorilla. Proportionately, it's, it's just an oversized gorilla. Every time we see him up to this point, he has a lot more human characteristics to him as far as his um, biology, but in uh, that one, he's, he is just literally an oversized gorilla, and I appreciate that one for that, and that's where the, the 70s King Kong doesn't really hold up for me. Hmm. Man, it gave me nightmares, though, as a kid. Oh, yeah. Like, I had a reoccurring dream of, like, King Kong coming into my town, smashing my street up. <laughs> and then I got the, I mean, I got the power to, like, fly around and do stuff, which was cool, and get out of the way. <laughs> but didn't didn't mean King Kong didn't come and smash up my town. It's a crazy dream. <laughs> anyway. So, Terry, have you seen either version of King Kong? Um, I don't think so. I think I've, I've seen clips of the original, and I saw, I don't know, is, um... The 70s King Kong on Netflix, I, I saw one that on something, and I almost watched it, but I didn't have time. Yeah, it's on Netflix. I'm looking at the, the title page right now. Yeah, but no, I'm not too terribly familiar, unfortunately. Okay. Have we all seen the Peter Jackson version? Yeah. Yeah. Unf- unfortunately. Sam, no. Oh, 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 oh. Hey, before we before we get into that, before we get into that one, because I do want to get into that one, I do also kind of want to give a quick nod to the sequel to the '70s version. You guys all know about that one. Uh, no. King Kong Lives. It was about mid '80s, I think. It came out so almost a full decade after the 70s version, and it is really bad. It is horrible. <laughs> I, I, it, it, it is, it is a.p.e.level of badness. Uh, because you, you would expect a little bit something more out of, like, a Hollywood movie, and there's a scene where, well, first of all, they find, they find another giant ape because you know and they're keeping okay all right let me set the whole thing up king kong spoiler alert gets shot off the empire state building at the end of the uh, 1976 version who saw that coming and it ends with just like all these people crowded in the streets around the the lifeless body of king kong and all you can hear is the heartbeat of king kong echoing through the streets of new york until it just stops, and then everybody starts cheering, "Yay, he's dead!" Except for um, Jeff Bridges and Jessica Lange, who, instead of actually physically saying it was Beauty that killed the Beast, they just kind of give each other a look, you know. And so, the sequel, King Kong Lives, starts off with like they've been keeping King Kong. Uh, I can't even say it without laughing. Alive on life support this whole time, and they're working on a giant. <laughs> Um, a giant mechanical heart to do a heart transplant. <laughs> they find another female King oh Kong, so he can, so he has somebody to mate with, and they end up having a baby, which just turns out to be a normal-sized man in a gorilla outfit. It is so bad. Whoa. It is so bad. <laughs> then there's a scene where I think one of the Kongs fights alligators. 
Um, <laughs> and so instead of like, I don't know, I don't know what to do something stop motion or something, they literally just have like a guy in a gorilla outfit fighting baby baby alligators. They're quite obviously baby alligators, but they're, you're supposed to believe that these are full, giant, life-sized, adult alligators. But they're clearly baby alligators. It is, it is one of the worst things. And Linda Hamilton's in it, so there you go. Oh, King Kong lives. It's awesome. <laughs> Wish that was on Netflix right now. Okay, so anyway... So j- just to uh, back up to the original King Kong, that was Ray Harryhausen, right? That did the effects I for that. Thought so. I don't remember. I think so. I'm okay. Get so blown up if we're wrong. I don't know. Fans are gonna. I was just wondering, stuff. have you guys seen the uh, that documentary on Netflix about Harryhausen? I was just wondering if they talked about that at all. No, I had, I think I have that in my queue as well, but I, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, and since right we're back to the original, I do want to point out a couple of fun pieces of trivia. Um, one, um, when they were making the original King Kong, they had, when they had free time, actually had this. It's so awesome because this is like Fred Olin Ray mentality of filmmaking right here. They had they had extra filming days that they weren't using and extra film stock and um, you know and and the sets and everything. So they made another movie while they were making King Kong, and that was the most dangerous game. Hmm. So the most dangerous game was a movie that was made based on just leftovers of King Kong. <laughs> And as speaking of leftovers from King Kong, one of the greatest movies in cinema history, taught in every film school, Citizen Kane. There's there's moments in Citizen Kane where they're using, um, they're using the uh, the the map the the map uh, drops from from King Kong. Like the animated map drops from King Kong for the background, and if you look closely. You know, it's map drops from the jungles of Kong Island. So if you look closely, you could see a pterodactyl flying off in the distance in one of the scenes in Citizen Kane. Wow, really? Yes. Uh. I did not know that. Yes. So there you go. Okay, so (laughs) let's jump ahead now to um, um, Peter Jackson's King Kong. I think this might be a very interesting discussion. I just want to throw the movie out there in the middle of the room and watch Jason and Sam fight. Oh, Sam. you're just going to go. What are you doing? It's obvious this time. <laughs> <sighs> All right, I'll just say it then. I'll be right back. Well, Sam obviously watched a different movie. He must have saw some weird... I don't know, buddy. ...version... <laughs> What, no. uh, what, what? It had a rat monkey. It's a Marion rat monkey. Oh, the rat monkey? Oh, Are I'm we talking about Dead Alive? Same island, right? Is that, or there's a crate, crates coming from it. Can't remember the last time we talked about it. Oh, yeah. 
There's there's something on like the ship or something. Oh yeah. That references. There's a crate the on the. Oh really? Ship. This is yeah. Sumerian rat monkey. Sumerian rat it. monkey. As a. Huh. But anyway, what? What? What's this movie's amazing? You know what? I haven't I haven't seen it since the theater, <laughs> so that was like ten years ago. Sure. I just remember it being like very overlong and just what it, it's fucking 187 minutes. That's like three hours long. Yeah. And just like all the CGI. <laughs> like come on well but for its time it was pretty awesome i mean i feel like it was kind of the top of the line cgi at that point in time yeah the monkey's face like i mean he yeah he he acted man i mean sure for for cgi and that was andy circus too right who did the uh performance there oh was it I don't think I knew that. You didn't? No. Yeah. Are you not a Jack Black fan? What's the deal? I like Jack Black. Oh. But no. <laughs> Actually, that's, you know, I think my, one of my biggest complaints actually is that there wasn't enough of Jack Black. Yeah. It just kind of, like, you know, after the second half or whatever, it just kind of turned into this kind of weird love story between a man, you know, What's her face? Naomi Watts and fucking King Kong, and like, you know, you don't really see Jack Black for most of it. Yeah. Which you know, in the original, it was kind of it seemed almost more like a Frankenstein story, where you know you have this movie director who's kind of like, you know, this mad scientist, and you know, King Kong is kind of like the creation that kind of goes out of control. And I don't know. I've, I felt like they lost that theme in the remake, and they just kind of—I don't know—they made it into like this weird love story, which I'm a sucker for. So that could be my <laughs> thing. But it's like it's fucking a gorilla and a woman. Like, hey, don't judge. Love is love. Yeah, it's creepy. Love is love. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I honestly, I haven't seen it since way back either I've been just dying I've just been holding out for a really good blu-ray of it and I just haven't got it yet because I want to sit down and just soak it up again yeah it has been a grip since I've seen it gosh, I, I kind of even it. I kind of even forgot that Adrian Brody was one of the main characters <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah I really don't remember much Aww. about this movie apparently yeah, I had no idea that Andy Serkis was Kong. Yeah. That kind of blows that, my yeah. mind. That he's just really good at playing monkeys, man. <laughs> I also yes. really love long movies. Like they the longer the better for me. So that that never bothers me. Yeah, I mean I don't have a problem with long movies if they're, you know yeah, I, I, I organically yeah. long, but this just seemed kind of overindulgent. Yeah. To me. I thought the stampede scene was definitely too much. Uh huh. That was kind of insane. That's like the studio made them do that scene or something. For action reasons, or I don't know. And then the, and the CGI was tested a lot in that scene too, but. 
Right. Um, well, and it was, you know, 10 years ago, so I can't even imagine, like, can think about that, this movie being made, like, even now, 10 years later. Do you think that it would be more successful? Because I, some of, I don't know, like, not to hate on Hobbit movies, because I love All Lord of the Rings and Hobbit movies, uh-huh. but that last <laughs> Hobbit movie, some of the CGI was even a bit, it was a bit questionable for me. A rushed, yeah. Right. A little bit. So I don't know if it would make a difference being 10 years later. I mean, some of the technology is more advanced, but... You know, still CGIing a giant ape might be a little difficult. No, I can see what Sam's saying. They definitely yeah, took, I took liberties yeah. in the story. Yeah, I don't, I don't sure. have the effects. I didn't have, you know, a problem with the effect, the effects so much. I mean, for yeah. CGI, it's okay. I just thought, you know. I like the original better where the focus is more on this, you know, horror story uh-huh. of this out of control gorilla and yep. this movie director. Right. As opposed this, to the lovey-dovey. Yeah. And how this actress kind of gets caught up in it. And it's, you know, I just thought that was more interesting than this sort of contrived, creepy love story, this bestiality kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know. It just didn't work for me. It didn't work. Um, yeah, and if you were to ask me what I liked about it, I'd say the, the monkey and the, the girl part. The monkey and the girl. That's the part I remember. That's the part I like a lot. Uh, what do you think, Mike? Oh, yeah, you left. Jerk. It's <sighs> gone. Well, we can move on to another movie without him. Yeah, sure can. Right, right. I'll go. Do it, Terry. I'm amazed no one said the one movie that I actually watched in preparation for this. I watched slash rewatched uh, Congo. Woo! Woo! Um, How was it? It was not as good as I remembered. Oh, no! <laughs> well, I mean, it it has its charms. And, you know, I always remember Bruce Campbell's scene of course but it's also like the kind of the opener scene there but yeah it was much cheesier than I remember um namely I had kind of forgotten the whole I mean I know they go to the jungle to because they send their team out there and they watch them basically being dead on camera like oh Laura Linney, you go and take care of that shit and bring back the diamonds that they were supposed to get for me. Like, I remembered that part. What I didn't remember for some reason, which is ridiculous because it's one of the most integral plot points, is that they take a talking ape with them. <laughs> like, do you, do you guys remember this? Talking? Like, or like yeah. a new sign language. It can do sign language, but they have the machine attached to it. Holy shit. No, I don't remember that. You don't remember that? Yeah, there's like a... It's the guy from Nip Tuck or whatever, that actor. And the ape is Amy. Yeah, so this guy, he's like, what, a primatologist? And he's working on 
some sort of new technology which allows animals to speak, uh, I, I guess. Yeah. It's just any kind of, you know, non-talking person to speak. Yeah. But it it's, reckon- so, yeah. it's so ridiculous because it's like this computerized fucking voice, yeah. like those old Mac programs. And <laughs> I am a talking monkey. It's really bad. Like- but everyone's like all amazed, like, oh, that's his real voice. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, it, like, recognizes the sign language, like, they have it programmed, so when they teach her sign language, and then they put this machine on her, or whatever. Yeah, is that how it it even works? Because they don't, they don't really explain, is it? That's what I assume. So it it just, like, how it works. It just reads, like, sign language movements and converts it to speech or something? something. It's something on like attached to the arms so it detects the motion or yeah something. dude it looks like a fucking power glove basically <laughs> yeah, basically she's like this monkey wearing a power glove and she's like hello you ugly gorilla ugly girl <laughs> me, me Amy. Hot banana yeah like that's i was like what i don't fucking remember any of this happening when i watched this the last time wow. it's but so goofy and like the thing the so thing is like creepy. it doesn't even it doesn't even really matter in the grand scheme of things, like the story. At all. Like, you could have completely removed the whole, talking not just the talking thing? monkey thing, just that whole fucking... Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just, I just, I'm having a hard, yeah, it's really, it, it uh, basically, like, Laura Lenny, <laughs> she's supposed to go back to the jungle, like, she's set on this mission, and apparently... She's also some like ex CIA agent. Oh, I don't remember any of that, that shit either. Yeah. But she Makes can't sense. apparently even go because yeah. something with her visas. So she has to tag along with this group because they're going back to the jungle to take Amy home. Right. Because she's Amy like, misses home. Yeah. She's the CIA agent with the heart of gold. <laughs> yeah, I I think she, like the whole talking monkey thing. I don't know. I guess it was just like a, a kind of plot device to get around, you know, subtitles or something. Well, and they do. That way you like, can understand the monkey without, you know. Having whatever. to make it act. Well, and at the yeah. beginning, I mean, I think they're trying to reference that Amy may have originally been like some sort of ancestor from that, that exact same area because at the beginning, right, she's doing paintings and they see this eye Oh, and I haven't even fucking brought up Tim Curry. Tim Curry's in this movie. Woo! That was one of the main reasons I went to see it. Well, and he's just like this crazy wealthy guy who's been searching for this one spot in the jungle for his entire life. And this this, like this eyeball logo is like, I don't, it's like part of a statue. I don't even really understand why that was the main thing. Um, but he's gonna do anything he can to get there, and so he's the one that's funding getting Amy back to the jungle, and blah blah blah. blah and he's just greedy, and I don't—it's just all a jumble fuck. It was way different than I ever. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, what the fuck? And the apes, okay, the killer, like the silver apes that are in the cave that have been killing everyone like there there's some good gore like there's some some decent oh, yeah. kills in there for sure 
But then it's, it's like that is in direct contradiction to the mood of everything else. It's really weird. Like, you have some solid, like, they could really have done something really creepy with it. And they, it's just goofy as fuck the rest of the time. I don't, oh my god, I'm so sad that I rewatched it. Because I was like, oh yeah, Kronko, that's a really good movie in my brain. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I you know, it's fun if you turn your fucking brain off. It's good yeah, entertainment. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's very funny. Hollywood. Well, this, oh, and Ernie the, Hudson is in it, too. He, yeah. He's probably the best part yeah. of the whole movie. Yeah, Ernie. What, what's, is he doing, like, an English accent? Or is it just, like, <laughs> really formal? It's I kind think of, he's got like it was a, kind, kind of a, um, kind of a Vincent English. Price thing going on. Kind of a... It was kind of a fox English accent. Yeah, kind of a mixed accent that came off as a bunch of different things that I just tried to ignore. (laughs) He he does have the classic line of, that's one really big Twinkie. Long movie, dude. (laughs) Oh, damn. No, this this one. (laughs) He's like, I am your great white hunter, even though I am black. Oh my gosh. Does he really say that? Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. It's so much worse than I remember. Oh my god. I saw it in the theater and I don't remember liking it too much, but I think I was just disappointed via hype. I mean, I don't remember anything about the movie either. Um, all I know is this movie just really felt like it was it was a cash it was a cash in on Jurassic Park. Because it's a Michael Crichton yeah. book, right. so yeah. after the success of like Jurassic Park, they were buying up Michael Crichton properties left and right. So sure, uh, it was. Yeah. Uh, it's so cheesy. Have you ever read the book, Terry? No, I don't know if I want to do a segment on it though. <laughs> do <laughs> the The book's probably a million times better than that movie. It has That's to what be. I'm saying yeah. it's got to be right. Oh I, man. Yeah. I, I will point out, speaking of literature, I did notice that uh, at least part of the story is kind of, I think, a ripoff of this H.P. Lovecraft short story called uh, Arthur German, hmm. which is basically about this. Uh, so basically, this guy finds out that he's descended from these like white apes in this lost Congo civilization. It's kind of a weird story. Hmm, yeah, that Basi- sounds a yeah. little familiar. <laughs> Basically, like, his 18th century ancestor was, like, this anthropologist, and he goes to the Congo to find this lost civilization, and he, like, mates with this white ape princess. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps it a secret, so, like, all his descendants are, like, part apes. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. But, yeah. I think they kind of ripped that off a little bit. Sounds and like And then added in, added in some lasers and talking monkeys with power gloves. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, God. And what made it, what made that Amy monkey like even cheesier also was just her in comparison to all of the other apes. Like I know they were trying to make, you know, the line that Amy is good ape and then these other apes are bad apes. But okay, no. 
Like they aren't they don't even seem like the same species at all. Like she's like cheesy like Mighty Joe Young. Well, yeah. that's, you know, lovey like Disney style ape where the rest are like killing things and ripping them apart and look gross. I don't it just there was too much of a disconnect. Right. It's weird. Mm. I will say, you know, for like a man in a suit type effect, like the monkeys in this look pretty good, I thought. Yeah, the silver monkeys were kind of cool. No, oh, way better than that Peter Jackson movie. <gasps> Ooh! Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. It's true. <laughs> Ouch. Um. I'm trying to think. Am I actually young? trying to. I'm trying to look to see who did the monkeys in this. Cause I think it's Stan Winston. You... Oh, did Stan Winston do them? I believe so. Okay. Because anytime, anytime I think of, like, monkey suits, I think of Rick Baker. Because he's done a lot of monkeys and a lot of werewolves. Anything with hair, really. So Hair. Because he's like hairy. The, like the 70, no, it's just like he does a lot of animals. <laughs> He's kind of known for his animals. I mean, you know, won the Academy Award for American Werewolf in London. Um, he did the 76 version of King Kong. He did the monkey for that. Uh, he did the monkeys in Tarzan. Um, uh, what's the name of that? Tarzan Greystroke or whatever uh, from the early 80s. And those oh. have some amazing monkeys in it. Um, Gorillas in the Mist was Rick, was Rick Baker. So, yeah, he's done a lot of monkey business. <laughs> Get it? Uh, oh, monkey business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Golly. So, uh, so Bruce Campbell is in this movie, of course, in a cameo. Didn't he, uh, I'm trying to remember, didn't he say how, like, he basically took this job just because it was like a free trip to, mm-hmm. you know, Africa or whatever. Oh, I don't <laughs> so, know. He's like, people got, people got mad at him for making like a Hollywood movie. And he's like, hey, man, it's <laughs> <laughs> free vacation, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I did it. Dude, after, <laughs> after him being in McHale's Navy, I cannot be pissed at him for any movie he's done. <laughs> That's the bottom of the barrel right there. Oh, and let's not forget that Joe Don Baker is also in this movie. <laughs> yeah, Joe Don Baker. Yeah. <laughs> I giggled when I saw sense. him because I didn't remember. Yeah, he's not a big role, but. Oh, he's a big role. <laughs> he's always. Uh, he's the one screaming for his diamonds. He's that douchebag yeah he was just so man so one dimensional yeah. what a terrible character <laughs> he, just... he was pretty bad where's my fucking diamond he's like I don't care that you're all dying I don't care give me my diamonds and a sandwich and a sandwich Oh man. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so Congo. And and by the way, what what's up with the fucking the ending of this movie 
like there's there's like this volcano and it erupts at the last minute. But like but like all these killer monkeys, if you look at the end they just like jump into the volcano lava. <laughs> just like committing suicide out of nowhere. <laughs> like they don't even try to escape, they just jump in the lava. I, I don't even so bad. I'm just this movie is so silly. <laughs> And you were so pumped. I know. I was like, yeah, You Congo. wasted all that time. Well, I, I wouldn't say wasted. I mean. Yeah. It's worth the watch. Definitely <laughs> watch it. Yeah, I mean, it was entertaining. Oh, I love that. I love them. They're like on a plane and they're going to their destination. And they're like in enemy airspace. And so these guys are yeah. shooting heat-seeking torpedoes at them. And so Laura Lenny's like. I'm a CIA bitch and she gets a flare gun. She goes and she kicks open the door to the plane. She's shooting flares to set off the torpedoes. I'm like, what is happening? Why, why do you know these things? You are like a scientist person. It's like at that moment, they're like, yeah, she's a badass bitch. Didn't know that. Did ya? Huh? It was weird, but entertaining. Yeah. It's kind of hard to believe this is the same guy who wrote Jurassic Park. <laughs> well, surely they took liberties. <laughs> I mean, from the book anyway. Yeah, is it the probably. same screen? Is this the same screenwriter? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I surely it. not. Oh, dear God. I'll have I'll have to do that one sometime, I guess. <laughs> I'm just curious I'm just curious in general if Michael Creighton's books are worth anything if he's I've a good always, writer or not yeah I mean I've always heard good things about Jurassic Park and he and seems that's the, to be pretty popular I don't know and that's the thing he's just he's written dozens and dozens of books but he's always connected to Jurassic Park so is he Maybe a good writer or <laughs> yeah I mean oh, could yeah. be I mean, Jaws, the same thing. That was written by... Um, Benchley. Yeah, and he's had several mo uh, several other movies based off his books that don't hold a candle to Jaws by any stretch of the imagination. So. Yeah, kind of grasping at straws a little bit. I don't know. They're like, oh, well, people really liked this movie, and it's based on this guy's books, so let's do every fucking movie we can based on this guy's books. And with Congo, it's not it's not like um, it's not like it was like some new director that didn't know what he was doing. It was by Frank Marshall of all people. I so. I really think that the book has to be better. Like uh, it just has to be. <laughs> I can't imagine that. I don't know if <laughs> they went wrong with the screenwriter like maybe that's where it kind of went wonky I don't know I'll have to investigate at some point interesting oh man mm -hmm. eight movies huh eight movies man so so okay I want to backtrack a little bit about back to Planet of the Apes just a, a smidge because we didn't touch on any of the originals 
You guys familiar with any of the original movies? Sure. It's been a while. Not really. I, Never really seen them. I love them. I love them. Uh, I have the I have the box set of all was I think six films. Hell yeah! My, wish, Roddy McDowell is like the best in those movies. Oh yeah, by far. He steals the show. That's why he kept bringing them back, especially as the movies got worse and worse. Yeah. As the as the franchise went on, but you know it's I still love them. I mean, love them for nostalgia reasons. Some of them are just really forced and and really yeah. terrible but see i i remember bits and pieces and i don't really remember what pieces are from what movies but i mean i was watching them when i was a child it, it all seemed the same to me it's just interesting to me that like the first movie is awesome the first movie is a classic For it sure. still holds up you know, it's got iconic dialogue in it, but the thing that 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 movie that, that makes that movie so strong, I mean, everything about the movie in general is great, but it has such an iconic, one of the biggest, holy shit endings, you know, in in cinema history. You know that uh, Abraham Lincoln. No. <laughs> oh, the Statue of Abe Liberty. Yeah. <laughs> just the fact, just the fact that he was on, he didn't travel to another. The whole movie, he's thinking he's traveled to another planet where apes evolved instead of a man. Come to find right. out, he was yeah. on Earth the whole time, just in the future, because he finds the destroyed Statue of Liberty. Right, out on the beach. beach. Or whatever. Super twist. Yeah. Super twist. You know, and it's just it's interesting that like. You know, I don't want to say that the whole movie hinges on that on that twist. That's not fair to say because the movie is super solid. But it's kind of one of those films too. Like, how can you top that? Why continue the storyline? Because how can you top that ending? How can you make something as impactful as that ending? So everything is going to be lesser in comparison. But they've made this giant franchise, not only throughout the 70s. I mean, it had like five sequels and a TV series. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then like a Tim Burton remake and now a whole new franchise. I just, I don't know, I just find it interesting. And uh, those 70s movies are fun. Um, even the ones with, uh, with, even the one with Paul Williams in it. It's awesome. Yeah, like I said, I think I I mainly remember the original, but you know they were they had they were they had their own charm. I enjoyed them, but I really enjoyed, like I was saying, I really enjoyed the new storyline and the new takes, like going to, you know, how it all began, how all how this came to be. I think that gives them an entire new outlook to do as many movies as they want, you know? Oh, sure. And, you know, and they, they, they obviously can go into a whole new direction, which is, which is fine. Um, you know, it's obviously, it's not going to, if they ever do, like, the story of the original film on this new franchise where it takes place in that time of right. the, of the ape evolution, um, it's obviously not going to have the same ending. Because my understanding of the of the fall of I mean you know again I haven't seen the movies but the fall of the human race is more of a disease in the in the new films right 
yes. Yes. So, so obviously, that time period in this new evolution of Planet of the Apes is not going to have that same ending with Charles Charlton Heston screaming on the beach. So, well, and, th- and that's okay. Oh, yeah, now I'm trying to remember because I had kind of forgotten that. Yeah, there's something with the sickness, but I there I think there's something about immunity, so it could still... I don't even remember. What happens, Jason? You've seen them too. What's huh. the sickness thing? I don't even remember. Do you remember? Uh, <laughs> there's something with sickness. Eh. Monkeys are cute. <laughs> well, but, you know, I'm sure that they'd try to go to a, into a different direction anyway, and not try to do something as expected. No, because why, 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 why bother? Exactly. Because again, classic. Every, yeah, yeah, everybody knows that ending. Yeah. So, so why bother? So it's it's great in, that they. That they're creating their own universe with this new franchise. That's awesome. Sure. Yeah. So good. Anyway, I just wanted to, you know, and now went off on a tangent all the way back to the new films, but <laughs> I wanted to bring up the original films. I just as just we should. I'm a big, yeah. We did kind of skip over that. I don't know why. And I'm just a big fan, so I just wanted to uh, make note. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. I need to revisit them all, like have a marathon. They used to show them in like marathons on like TNT and stuff oh, yeah, back, back in the day. day. Yeah. What What's uh, the one where the like the apes come to like modern day or whatever to Earth and? Um, like, give me a second. I go, <laughs> I'm gonna go get my box set. The third one. Escape from the planet of the apes. Maybe. Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, they're all good. I, I really like Beneath the Planet of the Apes. The second one? Yeah, that was pretty far out. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I have trouble differentiating. I mean, I definitely recall the first one and Roddy McDowell and Charles right, Heston, right. for sure. Yeah. They're just good. I mean, on one hand, you know, you can view them on a, a, a simple level. It's just this movie about these talking monkeys, but, you know, they're also, like, very thought-provoking and in the way they kind of critique, you know, politics and religion and all that kind of stuff. They're just really good, good movies. Okay, so... Great. Planet of the Apes is the first one. Then it's Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Beneath, where they find where they find that like underground society of humans that have like telekinetic powers or whatever. Then there's Escape from the Planet of the Apes. That one I believe is the um, the one where they where the apes go back in time. Yeah, yeah. Two intelligent uh, simian uh, simians from the future travel to present day earth so that's the one which in the storyline of things they're the ones that start the whole since they go back in time they're the ones that start the whole evolution of of ape people 
by going back in time. Then there's Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, which is that time frame where man where man is versus ape man versus ape society. And then Battle for the Planet of the Apes, which is I think more in the uh, ooh, it's set in the year two thousand one, so it's way in the future. Well, in yeah. the year two thousand and one. So there you go. There's the that's the uh, Planet of the Apes films. I'm gonna leave this box set out and I'm gonna watch them. Do it. I'm gonna do it right now. <clears throat> okay. So did, has anybody seen Shockma? I yeah. Yeah. Shockma. Shock. Shock it to me, baby. <laughs> Shockma the monkey. That movie. <laughs> Tied it in. <laughs> That movie is quickly be growing, growing on me as being like a cult classic of badness for me. <laughs> Man, I'm sad I didn't watch it. Now it was on Netflix and I didn't get to it. Yeah, should have done it. Dang it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, speaking of uh, Planet of the Apes, it's got Roddy McDowell as it the does. the, the yeah. teacher. Good segue. Oh, what? Yeah. I'm assuming they cast him for that reason. Probably, yeah. Okay, so um, when you watched it, Sam, how many times did you count the word over said in the movie? Probably about 137. <laughs> <laughs> over and out. <laughs> yeah. Over and out. Over. Going, over. Going to the uh. game room. Over. You don't have to do the... Ch- Okay, over. <laughs> so to so to set it up, these medical students doing are doing experiments on some on an, on a yeah they have this uh, this baboon, baboon right yeah and uh, they're trying to they're like injecting it try, I guess trying to make it like hyper aggressive is that the idea I don't remember exactly the point of what the experiments were. They're trying to make it like more aggressive to. I don't know. Just yeah, for what <laughs> end? I what's know. the end game? I don't know. Yeah, and supposedly Shockma dies, so like, oh, we'll just get rid of the body later or whatever, yeah. because we have this big role playing game we're doing tonight, and you know, and so right. the teacher does this elaborate role playing game in this like. This right. this building. Yeah, yeah just has, just to be clear, what. So like they, they inject it. They're trying to make it more more aggressive, mm-hmm. and they like, they overdose it basically. So they think it's dead, but really it's just overdosed on this like aggressive serum shit. Yeah. Just to be clear, anyway. So there's this game too that they're playing. Yeah, it's it's like a role playing game, but they have to go to different rooms on different levels of this building to find clues. To, to find the princess. And one of the daughters from the old TV show sitcom, Kate and Allie, plays the girl who ends up playing the princess in this role-playing game. So she's in it. It's also, Jason, you'll appreciate this, it's also hmm. got... Um, oh, crap, I'm forgetting the character's name. Nightmare on Elm Street, the first girl to die, the blonde girl... Lisa. What's that her name? Lisa? Um, 
Anyway, she's Tina. Sorry. Tina. There you go. Whew, Tina. Um, Amanda Weiss, I think, is her name. And so she's in this movie, too. That's yeah. awesome. She was also, uh, she had a recurring role in Highlander, the series. She played this oh, uh, really? reporter. That's where I recognized her from. I always remember her from Better Off Dead. And so when she when she's Tina in Nightmare on Elm Street and she gets killed, I'm like, good, kill that bitch. Because she like, totally like uh, broke up with John Cusack in Better Off Dead. <laughs> anyway, so they're playing this role-playing game on these walkie-talkies. And, and Roddy McDowell is like the game master or whatever. So they're all reporting to him. So it's a lot of dialogue of like... So I'm going to this room now, over, okay, let me know when you're there, over, you know. So <laughs> over is said, like, over and over and over and over. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure what the whole point of the game was. There was, like, some, wasn't there, like, some academic purpose to it? See, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's really unclear, and I've played a plenty of role-playing games, tabletop role-playing games, a straight-up, just rolling of the dice role-playing games. I've never um, and I've and I've seen like you know like cosplay style role playing games, but I've never seen a, a role playing game where you're just going from room to room looking for clues. Yeah, because it like it takes place in this you know this medical school or or whatever, and everyone's mm-hmm. making a big deal out of it. Like, oh, this is such a great opportunity. Oh, I want to play the game. I'm like, oh, it's not. And I don't know if there was any academic value to it. I just think, like, this is something that the teacher enjoys doing and getting the students involved in. Because I had that when I was in, in, in junior high. Um, you, could go to, you could go hang out with the art teacher on Saturdays and play, like, tabletop role-playing games. You know, it served no academic value. It was just something fun to do for, for the kids that liked that stuff. And he was way into it. And mm-hmm. So I, I just... I was under the impression, just based on my own experience, just that that's what that was all about, and everybody yeah. was just trying to. It was playing because they wanted to kiss the teacher's ass, I guess. But. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, Roddy McDowell didn't seem like he was having very much fun with the game, but that could have right. just been the actor not being happy of being in this movie. So. Could be. <laughs> Another monkey movie. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> so the baboon wakes up and goes pun intended ape shit and oh he goes bananas to... yeah <laughs> and it turns it turns into like a slasher movie from that point on because it is literally like ten little indians you like set up a character to be isolated and alone and then killed <laughs> off by Shockma. And the deaths are, are not very imaginative at all. It's just every, every single one of them is just like Shockma is jumping on them and it cuts away. And then when you, when you go back and find them, they're like dead and all bloodied and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I swear, like, the budget-wise, they didn't have access to the whole building because every floor looked exactly the same in every single shot. Like it's right. it, was it the did look very like, like very dressed. Like you had maybe a couple of potted plants and some <laughs> furniture, and that's about it. It's <laughs> just yeah, very clinical. It's like, it's like when they're going up the Big Bang Theory. You know, that's obviously the same 
it's obviously the same set over and over again. They just like put the caution tape over the over the uh, elevator door on one level to make it look like it's a whole different level of the of the building. Yeah. So I know it's it, the baboon's funny and crazy, and it's just it's hilarious when he's like attacking people. I don't know. There's just something about the cheese of this movie, the cheese level of it, that just I just enjoy. For sure, I I love the uh, so there's like this character in here, like the computer nerd, like the gay guy. No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That character is just so crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then it's done. Go ahead. Oh, nothing. Yeah, there's like there's like a gay guy and a black guy, and like I don't know, a weird bunch of characters. And then like this, yeah, like the princess girl. She's like got a crush on the main dude. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. Anyway. Who looks like she's 12. Right. Like, what was her... Was she, like, someone's sister or something? Like, what's she doing yeah, there? Yeah, she's she, definitely she way too young. She was the blonde guy's sister, right? Like, oh, wait, no, wait. Which one did she have the crush on? Like, the main dude. There's, like... The main dude. Which was Amanda Weiss's boyfriend, right? Yeah. Okay, so which one did she have the crush on? Or, I mean, which one was her brother, I mean? I think it was maybe I, one I, of the first I don't know if anyone was her. Oh, wait, no, I think she was. She yeah, was she was the, introduced uh, as somebody's bro as somebody's sister, yeah. She was the dark-haired guy's brother, I think. Yeah, yeah. He gets, he gets killed off way early. Way early. <clears throat> yeah. It's... Um. It's silly, it's cheesy, it definitely wears its budget... But it budgets on on its sleeve, but uh, for sure. And, and I it, just it, like the look yeah. of the baboon. He's just, like badass looking. <laughs> yeah, and if you notice, if you look, you don't even have to look that closely. But in a lot of the scenes, I guess the way they they made him act and motivated him was to get like this female baboon off screen. So in a lot of the shots, he's got like this huge boner. <laughs> 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 it's just a lot of shots of him just pounding just, on doors. It's just hanging out there, man. Like, <laughs> half the movie is just running around with this huge boner. <laughs> My kind of movie. Terry's going to watch it now. Yep. Do it. Baboon boners. Monkey boners. Monkey boners. But I get yeah. I mean, I guess how else are you gonna get the the thing to act, really? Shakma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the what hell the, kind of name is Shakma? An African name. Kind of racist. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I just you know, spoiler alert. But like, everyone dies in this movie. <laughs> And it's just so depressing. Mm -hmm. Like, they set so much stuff up, and you think, you know, the guy's gonna get with this girl or that girl. And just, nope, just fucking everyone dies. And that's 
that it's basically the movie. Kind of rem- <laughs> it's okay. kind of disappointing. As far as like the as far as like the characters being killed, it reminds me of like Red State, where it's like okay, we're following this is these are our main protagonists. Oh wait, now they're dead. Okay, well now these are our main protagonists. Oh wait, no, they're dead. Like yeah. I did not expect like Amanda. We- I thought she was Amanda Weiss was gonna make it. Spoiler alert: she doesn't. Well, you already said everyone dies, so you assume. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. But it's just... <laughs> you, di- you didn't Sorry. expect that, really. Sorry. You don't expect that. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. And, yeah. uh, like, I, I think the, the main character's final line before he dies, he's like, <laughs> I win. <laughs> I win. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he yeah. just dies. He's like, I won the game. Yeah, I win. <laughs> and then he dies. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Like, how did how did he get rid of Shockma? Threw him out a window, or wasn't that it? Or um, fuck, I can't. I can't no, remember. no, dude. He fucking he cremates him. Oh, that's which, right. Which was actually kind of cool. Like they set that up at the beginning. Like they have a crematorium there, yeah, and they do kind of a a Jurassic Park thing at the end where like, you know, he uses his reflection to like fake out the baboon. I hear that's where they got it from in Jurassic Park, which from Shockman. <laughs> Probably. Shockman no, came first. That's what I'm saying. So no, like he runs into the mirror, and then right behind the mirror is this crematorium. So he jumps jumps into the cremation chamber gets burned alive but it's Poor shot. yeah Poor shot. cool yeah so you guys sold on Chakma gonna watch it now totally I knew it baboon <laughs> baboon boners is all I needed to hear <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you it's pretty huge too I gotta say even better. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop now. It's not the size it's of the happening right now. It's not. You're right. I guess. It's the motion of the ocean. What? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, another movie that kind of came out around this around this time frame. Well, actually, Shockma was like 1990. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um. So it kind of came a little bit later than, than some of these other ones, but uh, I just recently, for this episode, watched Link. Anybody seen that one? Nope. Nope. Okay, well, I'm just going to touch on it briefly because I watched it. Um, it's from 86, and basically it's, a, it's about this girl who um, she wants to become a zoologist or whatever, so she takes this kind of internship at this professor's house where he's doing all the all these like experiments on on you know monkeys, apes, whatever. Um, he's got like a an orangutan and a chimpanzee and some other kind of hairy creature. I can't remember what it was. Um, it gets killed off right away. That's why I can't remember. Spoiler alert for dead primates. But anyway, um, and. 
and the orangutan, his name is Link, and he he's all kind of cute because he's dressed like a butler. And this movie has a weird tone to it. Like right off the bat, you start watching this movie and it's opening credits, and it's not it's not animated credits. It's not like an animated cartoon credits, but it almost is. It just has all these like cartoony imagery, and it has like this the silly the silly kind of like. 80s, almost like, you know, slapsticky comedy music. Like, the whoever did the score for this movie had no idea what movie they were scoring. Because the, mu- the music is so lighthearted, and a little on the off-key side where it's, it sounds, where it's supposed to sound like it's a little more demented, but maybe kind of more of like a, a, like, a Nightmare Before Christmas type of thing where it's, it's, it's a little on the horror side, but definitely way still geared towards children kind of thing, you know. Um, so the music is just very off-putting right from the start. So she takes this internship at this at this doctor, and she um, and so she's helping take care of the, the of the the monkeys, and the doctor ends up disappearing. She thinks that he's he's left for a while because he was supposed to go into town and do this do this stuff. And so she's left at home with the monkeys and craziness ensues. Um so the movie's called Link and the orangutan's name is Link, so you can imagine who the quote unquote antagonist is in this movie. Um It's just it's it stars Elizabeth Shue, huh. Little Miss Adventures in Babysitting Herself. And this movie, mm. what's what's bizarre for me is this movie came out a year before Adventures in Babysitting. This is like her fourth feature film that she's done. Well, third feature film that she's done, and she did like a made-for-TV movie it was her first thing she did, and then she was a reoccurring character on some TV series I had never heard of. Um, so she'd been acting for a little while already. Nothing major yet. Like, I think her really big breakout was Adventures in Babysitting. Um, she was, well, I forget. Yeah, it was, she was she was the girlfriend in the original Karate Kid, which came before this movie. Wasn't she so, a girlfriend in one of the Back to the Futures? Like, the third one? In two and three, yeah. Oh. Um, but that came after. After, af- yeah. After this. Yeah, so, and my point of bringing this all up is that there's a very awkward nude scene in this movie of Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> I say it's awkward because she goes to take a bath and like there is some really the orangutan's got some rapey eyes. That's all I'm saying. Uh. <laughs> it's got some rapey eyes for Elizabeth <laughs> Shue. So he's hanging out in her bedroom. She starts to go take a bath, and she goes to close the door and sees that the orangutan's just sitting there on her bed. She tells him to go away and stuff. So she ends up going to shut in the bathroom door, and the orangutan puts his hand in the way and won't let her shut the door. And she's like, and she's standing there butt-ass naked. And you're not really seeing anything at that point except for maybe it's a little bit of side boob, which which I still thought was... A lot for somebody of her caliber to be showing at this stage in her career. 
But then there's like one wide shot. There's one single wide shot where she's standing at one side of the bathroom and the orangutan is standing on the other side of the bathroom and the orangutan is just staring her down and she's butt-ass naked and it's full-on, head-to-toe, naked Elizabeth Shoe. Like, wow, that's awesome. But really weird and creepy at the same time because this orangutan is not taking her eyes off her and will not leave this bathroom and it's just a very awkward exchange until she like puts slowly puts a robe on and yeah <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um so yeah sold exactly <laughs> right right <laughs> You gotta check it out. The whole movie is on YouTube. I actually I quite enjoyed it, even though there's like some moments of like, okay, I'm not really feeling a lot of suspense and tension right now because there's no. It's not like Shakma when Shakma is attacking somebody. His like he's got the fangs going, he's screeching, he's jumping up and down, he's all hyperactive, he's got the huge boner, all that. In this movie, they're just like, they're just like. Uh, Whatever the animal trainer is telling them what to do, just off camera, and they do it. You know, they just like, okay, you're chasing Elizabeth Shoe, go. And this orangutan just kind of slumps along following Elizabeth Shoe, just still <laughs> deadpan face and everything, like no expression whatsoever. So it's a little bit silly on it. And I swear, I swear there's a couple shots where it's got to be a little person in an orangutan costume. It's got to be. Because it, it does not look like the exact same orangutan. It doesn't even huh. look like a real orangutan. So it's got to be a little person in an orangutan outfit. <laughs> of just some certain shots they couldn't make the orangutan do. So, so yeah. Yeah, pretty bizarre. Um, but I, <laughs> definitely worth a look since it's free to see on um, YouTube. Check it out. Link from 86. It's directed by Richard Franklin, who um, did Road Games. I know we've talked about that in the past. Um, uh, and he also did, I think, the highly underrated Psycho Part 2. I, I, got, I got that about a year ago on DVD and rewatched it. I hadn't seen it since I was a you know, teenager. And it's like, I think I liked it better now than I did back then. It, it was like, I thought it was really good. If you've ever, if you've never seen Psycho Two, definitely, I would check that out. Mm -hmm. And it, and it's hard to say because it just feels like, oh, a sequel to Psycho, Psycho. That's just blasphemy. But you know, it's it's a it's an interesting little movie, and it doesn't, especially in the time frame that it came out. It came out at the at the heat of the slasher craze, but so it, but it doesn't play the slasher beats. It 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 is totally different. Than a typical slasher from that time period, and that's one of the things I really liked about it. So, so, so do a double feature of Link and Psycho Two. Sweet. Any other um, primate? Yeah, the one that we all should be talking about. That this whole thing things. Monkey shines, man. Yeah! Monkey Shines. The movie's so fucking yeah. awesome. See, that also came out in 86, the same year as Link. 
And was it 86? Yeah. And between Shockma, Monkey Shines, and Link, I think no, out of any of those films that uses, like, not, not gorillas, not apes, but, like, monkeys or orangutans or chimpanzees or whatever as, like, the monster, like, not, no one pulls it off as, as more terrifying as Monkey Shines. Mm-hmm. Like, that little monkey is scarier as shit, is, is rather intimidating in that movie, especially when you compare it to its peers off of this list. Right. Well, I mean, it's George A. Romero. That's right. George Awesome Romero. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and, I don't know. Well, what do you guys say about Monkey Shines? Anybody? It's, uh, you know, I just rewatched it for this. I've probably seen it a few times now. Uh-huh. And... I don't, I don't know why I didn't pick up on this before, but, uh, you know, Ella, the monkey, is, I guess, technically a zombie in this. I never realized that before. But I guess technically she, she died, and then he, he brought her back to life. Huh? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess so, she's technically she's like this psychic zombie monkey. So I don't remember this. So Ella, Ella died bef- like at one point, and and the yeah the they don't they don't make a big deal out of it. But there is like this minor plot point of like you know she died and then. Well, do you see that, or is it just he, that one no, guy no, that used to be mad about? Yeah, you don't see it, but like Stefan Root's character is like, "Well, where's this dead monkey? I I never got the body." <laughs> oh, like, I think. Oh, I thought that was just like he wrote him off as dead, so he could steal the monkey. No, I don't think so, because he tells um, the main character, Alan. He's like. By the way, she's uh, she's actually dead. Don't tell anyone. But she's dead. I brought her back to life. Oh, okay. Or something like that. Oh, now I wish I would have watched it. I mean, I've seen the movie enough. I thought I'd be okay with that. having yeah. to visit it. But now you brought up a, a point that I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to make a... It's not, like, a big part of the story. But I just thought sure. it was interesting. Because, you know, Romero is obviously known for zombie movies. Oh, yeah. Kind of... Plus, it just kind of adds another element to the, the thing. Cool. Because she's like, you know, already, she's already like genet- genetically modified. He like well, pumps her up with this human, you know, this human brain serum. Mm-hmm. Which, I can't remember, do you know, do you remember where he gets the human brain from? No, I don't know if it ever says. You just see him, you know, slicing off frozen pieces of brain and then boiling it and then putting it into a syringe. Right. Just like shooting up straight brain is going to make you smarter. (laughs) Don't knock it till you try it. Maybe. Uh, It doesn't work, trust me. Yeah. Yeah, when you think about it, it is like a very B-movie character, but he does it in a way that's like very... 
Well, they don't linger on it, and they don't no. make a point. They don't make a point like in most B movies would to try to explain some fake science about it. You know, they don't. They don't. They don't create a whole fake science of ex- having to explain like, you know, it's this chemical that's based on this that we're you know experimenting on and blah blah blah. It's just like, no, this is what we're doing. We're doing these tests on monkeys, and and, and there you go. Right. Right. And I always felt that there was a whole thing, a whole thing going on too, where it's just like, as as Ella gets smarter, she's becoming more human, and and he is becoming more monkey. Yeah, I was gonna totally gonna mention that. Like you know, I think you see that at the end, especially. Um, you know, spoiler alert, but at the end he kills Ella, and. <laughs> He just goes all fucking savage. He's mm-hmm. just like, I mean, you know, he can't move his hands. All he's got is his mouth. That's the only weapon he's got, basically. But he just like fucking bites her, and he's just like, well, what a what a so, great moment that was, too, man. Yeah. It was just so like, totally so. like you know, the man becomes an animal, and the animal is more manlike, I guess. When you get hints of that earlier on, too, because there's the moment when he, you know, there's several moments in the film where uh, he kind of loses his shit. And obviously there's something mentally, because there's a psychic link between Ella and him that is causing him to lash out and, like, become more of an asshole and say mean things and stuff. But there's one point where he just gets, he's so pissed off that he shows his fangs. He's got freaking fangs, and now you know we all have canines, yeah, but, but, it's obviously those are extended. Um, was, more than normal human yeah. canine teeth. Do you think that was real, or is that just like? Because at first I wasn't sure if that was just, you know, some kind of uh, uh, hallucination or something. It's hard to tell, know. you know, because you have all those you have all those like dreamy sequences and and those moments where obviously you know um, Alan is in Ella's head when when she escapes from the house and you're seeing the whole Ella POV shot and everything, but uh, but totally but, uh, he's got monkey fangs for sure. Yeah, but he but he he's so angry and those fangs are so protruding that he bites his own lip and starts to bleed. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, like the whole the whole telepathy thing. That's kind of why I wonder where he got the brain from. Do you think, like, you know, he got it from some telepathic person? I just yeah, kinda yeah want, I don't know. I want, maybe, want, yeah. Maybe it's all in the brain, in the brain that they were using, yeah. But I'm glad they don't over-explain it, though, you know, because that, right. that's when it does start coming off yeah. as, as B-ish and cheesy. Yeah, I, you know... Romero, in general, I think does that well. He, you know, he raises questions. He doesn't, you know, try and answer everything and exactly. over-explain things. He just kind of lets your imagination run wild. Yeah, and not only that, but he deals with people dealing with the situation. You know, yeah. it's it, and 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 that's one of the things I've always liked about his his stuff as well. Is like he's not. There's no need for over. You know, because in in the real situation, no one's gonna sit around debate for like four or five hours on where the zombies came from 
you know. They're just going to deal with these zombies that are attacking the house, you know. So, yeah, yeah so it, it's the same thing here. There's no need for that. It doesn't serve purpose in, 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 the, um, in the action of the story. Um, and, it's, and it's stuff that's better left unanswered. I, mean, I, always, I always feel like those unanswered questions is what, what makes stuff scary anyway. Yeah, oh, for sure. Totally. Do, yeah. do you think that, uh, you know, the title, the title is called Monkey Shines. Do you think that's like a reference to The Shining? Because there is... Oh, yeah, maybe. Well, Monkey Shines is an actual, is an actual phrase, but I don't know, I can't remember is what it's it? supposed to mean. It's based on a book. Of course you knew well, that. Well, yeah, Monkey I Shines. mean, yeah, Monkey Shines is based on, I actually have the book. Um, Can I borrow it? Sure. Because I have, <laughs> I haven't, read it. I haven't actually seen this movie, so I've been kind of spacing out, what? trying to not hear all of. Yeah, I know. She I knows. Life. It's I fucking George Romero. That's right. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, Terry. I know. Terry. I know. It's on YouTube. T ape. Come on. In it's HD. In fucking HD. Well, you Go watch it. HD. <laughs> you, what? you you can get to see the first ever on-screen quadriplegic sex scene. Hey. Mm-hmm. That was so hot. Are there monkey boners involved there, too? Just regular boners. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. I guess that's Boring. all right. <laughs> Actually, I don't... Do you, do you think he did get a boner? <laughs> Finally, some real discussion. They had, they had sex. They had to have. Oh, but my God. He, but he couldn't. But he doesn't really... I mean, she she just, like, fucking sits on his face, and that's all you really see. So I, I don't know if they actually... Uh... Well, but they used, they used the harness in the whole escapade, didn't yeah, they? So she can sit on his face. But oh, okay. Other than that... Yeah, maybe you're right. Know. Now I gotta go back and watch it for just the sex scene, <laughs> which, which is, in reality, it's kind of funny because they're doing it in the barn where she teaches all these monkeys how to how to help the handicap. So as they're going to town, all the monkeys get riled up. And they're just hooting and hollering <laughs> during during the sex like 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 you know you hear stories about you know people who can't. You can't do it when the dog's in the room. Could you imagine a bunch of hooting and hollering monkeys in cages <laughs> all around you? I think it it would be encouraging. <laughs> I think we found Terry's fetish. No. Oh, dear God. Wow. No. Terry. No. Hey. They're all primates. <laughs> So yes, it's a George Romero movie. Um, so obviously, it's um, it doesn't have a very big budget. Um, that's typical for George Romero. I I think I say Monkey Shines is a movie that I like to use as an example of creative ways of doing things on a on a low budget. And I am talking about in particular the opening scene where he gets hit by the truck. Right. It's it's such kind of he kind of does it in this like weird surreal not really showing you the actual hit but showing you the aftermath of like 
you know, his shoes flying through the air and the bricks hitting the ground right. and all that. It's very the symbol- like, yeah, very the poetic. Of the, yeah, the symbolism of the bricks shattering. Um, yeah, so I, so it's it's um, it's mm. definitely it, yeah. It doesn't look low budget at all either. No, but you know, obviously show. it's like, well, we can't afford to do a full on car hit, so let's yeah. think of a different way of doing it. So he does this like really creative you know, like you said, poetic way of, of, uh, showing, um, showing you without showing you. So, yeah. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think the cinematography in this is just great in general. It's mm. got oh, that, yeah. you know, and, and you can see, you know, just like creep show and some of those, his other films, it's got that very comic book kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, with the static shots and all that, it's very, Great compositions. I think that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Just oh, yeah. like, uh, or like, you know, when his mom gets, uh, you know, spoiler alert, she gets electrocuted in the bathtub, and you just see those like shots of her fucking hands getting electrocuted. Mm-hmm. It's just very yeah. comic booky. Yeah, you're right. You know that that is kind of a panel straight out of the comic instead of showing me the whole body shaking in the tub to see like the close-up of the hand kind of thing and that is definitely a uh, huge mo of of george's style too of of the shots that he chose that he chooses to tell the story so that kind of thing goes dates all the way back even back all the way to the original nine living dead so sure yeah which is uh... which is kind of one of the things that I feel like is there in his newer films. I think I feel like right. he's lost some of that with the last couple films, and that is is what is heartbreaking to me, because those choices of shots and, and that he that he does to tell, you know, this is a, if you take like the original Martin. Martin is one of the best examples of this of like scenes where um, there's no dialogue going on, and but a whole story is being told not through not through dialogue, not through um, reactions of the characters, um, not through camera movement per se, but just like individual shots of right. of um, the motions of going through the scene to tell the story. And it's it's I love it. It's beautiful. It's one of the things I love about the guy, and admire him as a filmmaker. So, um, right. Yeah, so I and I just feel like the last couple films it does it just it just doesn't have that anymore. So, for sure. Yeah, I wonder why that is. But yeah, just great cinematography. I, I, I think maybe just because like, um, that uh, I think a lot of it has to do with like if you go back and watch if you were to go back and watch say like Martin or Dawn of the Dead and whatever and just really pay attention to the number of shots and understanding the the the. Uh, the t- you know the restraints that he was under making those films you know the low budgets a little bit more guerrilla style filmmaking um, mm-hmm. and the th- and the thought of like you know of the number of shots it would take and the lighting setups it would take to shoot these shots you know it's kind of a young man's game I think I, mean, I think age may have a lot to do with it just it's not time time and financially speaking um, it's just not in the cards to do do some of that style anymore, I guess. True, yeah. But yeah, talking about, you know, just the cinematography and all that, I was thinking of uh, 
Document of the Dead, which is a great mm-hmm. documentary. Oh my God! Uh, yes, I got a bootleg version of that recently, and it's you know if people are interested in learning more about his uh, his style, that's just a really great documentary to check out. I've watched that documentary a thousand times. I love it. I love oh, it. Yeah. I love. Mm-hmm. I love how I love how it's really like film school at the very beginning, where they're oh, explaining yeah. the comp of some of his shots, um, and you know, and then just all the way through like following, following him and having conversations with him on the physical set of Dawn of the Dead. It's freaking right. amazing. It's like the closest thing you can get to being there. It's so awesome. I have that. Um, I have that on DVD put out by uh, Snaps Films. And then it's also on my Dawn, my like anniversary edition of Dawn of the Dead, like my four or five disc set Dawn of the Dead. Was oh, it on there? Mm-hmm. I, just, I just got like a crappy VHS, and like it cuts out for like two minutes. Oh no! <laughs> so you can't even see part of it. So the version but. that you have does it have the two evil eyes footage in it? Because he's gone back. The guy, the guy who made that movie has gone back and shot, has continued to shoot more footage. With George, um, I even heard that there's a newer cut out, and he just keeps recutting his film. I'm just like, oh, really? if keep, yeah, if you keep shooting more footage, just do a sequel to your film. Quit recutting it, <laughs> you know. So like, I heard there's even newer cut out there that I think has like Land of the Dead footage in it. Really? Are yeah. are there any versions with like uh, Monkey Shines or any of that stuff? Um, it the version that I have, um, there's. It, it, there's uh, some talks of Monkey Shines. There's they uh, they interview George about Monkey Shines. They interview uh, his wife about Monkey Shines, um, and they show some clips from Monkey Shines. But it's not really from the set. But they show mm-hmm. some good from the set stuff of Two Evil Eyes. Yeah, I, I think you see the Two Evil Eyes stuff in this one too. Yeah, where they That's, have to do yeah. they have to do the pendulum uh, gore effect like three or four times because yeah. it keeps not working. Right. <clears throat> Okay. Awesome. Uh, we should do an episode on George Marrow, guys. Who? Totally. Oh, whatever. You've only done um. a couple of those already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think uh, now would be a good time to to kind of wrap up the, the monkey talk here and take a break. And when we come back, we'll do some segments. How's that sound, everybody? Woo! Cool. All right. We'll be right back after these very important messages. Good evening. It's intermission time. Our service is friendly and quick. You'll find hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, your favorite candies, hot and cold beverages, and other delicious snacks. So add to your fun of watching the movie. Visit our refreshment stand right now. We're glad to have you with us tonight. We hope you'll come to see us often. It's great to get out to the movies. Attack of the Killer Podcast's own Jason Bollinger is going on tour with his band, the PBJs. The PBJs are hungry to play shows, so they continue with the Way to Go Tour, starting May 15th at Tips for Trails Fundraiser at the Tom Tom Tap in Otomo, Iowa, May 22nd at Back Alley Band Fest 2015 with the Islanders in Keokuk, Iowa, May 24th at Bobo Fest 2015 in Carthage, Illinois, June 5th at Fire Trucker Brewery in Ankeny, Iowa, June 14th in Des Moines, Iowa, 
at Vintage Maid Fair, June 15th in Kansas City, Missouri, June 16th in Wichita, Kansas, June 17th in Norman, Oklahoma at the Red Brick Barn, June 18th in Armorillo, Texas at the 806, June 19th in Albuquerque, New Mexico at the Broken Bottle Brewery, June 20th in Flagstaff, Arizona at the Cultured Cafe, June 21st in Canyon Du Grand, June 22nd in Las Vegas, Nevada, June 24th in Fresno, California, June 25th in Sacramento, California, June 26th in Redding, California, June 27th in Portland, Oregon, June 28th in Seattle, Washington at the Sea Monster Lounge, June 29th at Spokane, Washington at the Checkerboard Bar, June 30th in Missoula, Montana, July 1st in Billings, Montana, July 2nd in Rapid City, South Dakota, July 3rd in Sioux Falls, South Dakota at the Phoenix Lounge. For more information about this tour, check them out on Facebook, The PBJ's Band, or their website, thepbjs.com. So if you're in the area, check out the indie folk pop rock band, The PBJ's, on tour with the Way to Go Tour. On the end of earth, we take our course and we are back those were some how, very how important questions. was that <laughs> so important we need okay, we so need new messages i think yeah we do um i had an idea for one i want to talk to you about sometime and maybe i'll do it tomorrow so you can have it for this episode cool um anyway but segment's time let's uh let's do some shout outs it's time for shout outs You got it. So I asked on on Facebook, what are your favorite killer monkey horror movies? Anything with a badass primate works. And badass primates, Terry. <laughs> Not bald ass? No. That's different. Okay. That's a whole different show. <laughs> and we had a few people comment. Uh, Randy Snodgrass 2 says, Monkey Shines. Brian Angel says, Shockma. <laughs> uh, Just like that, he said it. Yeah, he spelled it that way. Well, that's how you have to say it. Yep. You need to, if, if anything, just see the trailer to Shockma. Shockma. Because it's just like that. And uh, <laughs> Susanna Zombie Lover says, 1982 Creep Show, The Crate. If, you, if that's a monkey, what is that thing? It's a primate. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. But we have a no more creep show clause on the show, uh-huh. <laughs> or we should have since Dustin wasn't here. But. And then lastly, on Facebook, we had Matthew R. Holland said, "Project X, 1987. Not horror, but horrifying on many levels. Badass chimp pilots." <laughs> 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 yeah. Awesome. Chimp pilots? Yeah, Project like, X. They drive okay. they fly planes, Terry. Alright. As long as they've got boners, I'm in. Okay. And then <laughs> And then wow. uh, over over on the Twitter we had a couple comments. 
Um, at Matt Ready Set says, Monkey Shines. The shot where the camera looks up at the sky and the monkey jumps across the screen while lightning strikes is badass. Yeah, it is. He's right. He's right. And then uh, Sean Hutchins at FatPunk68 says, Has to be Monkey Shines. And he says, Does Altered States count? Jackson's King Kong has its moments too. Sam just thinks that moment's no. when it's over. Oh. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to this episode, see what I missed about the King Kong discussion. We just agreed to disagree and moved on. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that there is shout-outs. Woo! Thank you, Jason, for the shout-outs. All right, let's, let's, uh... Go over to Terry now with wicked words from Where Tear. Oh, oh, oh. 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 Wicked words with Where Tear. time around I have chosen to do uh, Horns uh, movie just came out (laughs) just came out recently uh, within the last year or so um, based on the book by Joe Hill um, that came out in about 2010 so the book is still fairly new as well and I know Sam have you seen the movie Horns no, I, no. I want to. Okay. Well, I know these other two guys have seen it. Hell yeah. We discussed it a lot for our 2014 awards show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the it's a really decent adaptation of the book. The book was so good. I loved it. Um, really where the movie is lacking is just it's mostly character based. And I know that that's something that is so often kind of you you miss out on that a lot in the films just for time constraints and whatnot um the biggest character difference for me was the character of lee the the best friend lawyer character um really i mean in the movie he this is Spoiler alert, Sam, take off your headphones if you don't want to know this. Um, okay. Okay. Um, well, Lee, spoiler alert, is the killer in the the storyline here. Where we have um, Marin, the girlfriend of Ig, Ignatius. Um, she ends up murdered with her head bashed in and she's been raped and whatnot in the movie they it's more set up more like a mystery you know you you follow along the storyline with all these characters and in the end it's revealed that it was lee the whole time when everyone had been blaming ig for for everything that had happened and in the book 
uh, it's a little different. In the book, it's revealed actually pretty f early on that Lee is the killer. Um, their uh, Ig's brother Terry happened to be in the car with Lee in the book, um, and he ended up he knocked his head on something in the back seat and was passed out, but he knew that Lee was the killer. He, they talked about it after they drove away from from the woods. So a lot of the book is set in a bit of a different time period because the movie seems to be, you know, shortly after the events of, of that fateful night for Marin, whereas the book is further down the line when he's kind of been... Um, he's been relieved of all of his charges and you know they can't really stick it to him um, but yeah Lee is psycho um, and it it comes across right toward the end in the in the movie but oh my god this character is insane and and he, and there's a different look to him in the book, but I'm, I'm usually fairly forgiving with appearances. Like in the book, he's got like bleach blonde hair and instead of, you know, he's lost a few of his fingers to a cherry bomb explosion in the movie. Whereas in the book, he took the cherry bomb and he put it in a car and the car blows up and it um glass flies at his face and it cuts one of his eyes so he's got he's like blind in one eye so they're they're just slight um appearance differences but overall he's just so devious and evil and you really get an, a deep look inside of his of his head and it's crazy um there are also some flashback scenes involving him. We find out that early on in his life, uh, there was an incident where he fell on a pitchfork, which is kind of ironic um, with the devilness and whatnot. Um, and he suffered really bad brain trauma. And ever since then, he's just had psychotic problems and he's just been a sociopath out to just get everyone it's just ridiculous it's it's a really interesting look inside someone's psyche and i it was written very very well um the only other big difference that i that sticks out to me when i'm thinking about it um in the movie there is a treehouse that ig and Marin go to, you know, they're like doing it and whatnot up there <laughs> and other things, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> they, it's, and they, they return to that treehouse, and that's actually Marin is, that's the scene where she's murdered. She's murdered right below the treehouse. Um, but in the book it's taken in a more figurative way um, the treehouse is a special place where they sort of um, made this pact together and 
there are all these ties to religious symbols and it gets really kind of weird in the book, but it's, it's cool. Um, it's hard to describe. There's a really cool tie in, like they're up in the tree house and they hear someone down below and they look down and it looks like there's some sort of devilish figure or something below them. And Ig is all freaking out about it, but they kind of forget about it. And then what's crazy is that when they try to return to this tree house after all is said and done and they, uh, they can't ever find it. They return over and over again and they can no longer find it. So really the tree house in the book is more of a tree house of the mind. Like it was their kind of their spiritual place that they would go to, you know, almost like their heaven sort of a deal. Um, it's great that when they return to that later in the book, um, because at the the end of the move of the movie, there's like that crazy scene with, you know, the snake going down Lee's throat and blood and grossness. That stuff's all in the book. Um, it's a little different with. Uh, See, and I wish I would have. I didn't get a chance to rewatch the movie, but I had watched it recently enough that I figured I could figure all this stuff out here. Um, the but in the in the movie, Ig dies at the end. Correct? Is that right? Is anyone listening? Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm, I've been listening. Um, he kind of evaporates into flame shards, things, and mm-hmm. what? Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a little different in the in the book. Um, he is sort of almost restored a little bit. Um, and at the end, he sort of sees the treehouse, you know, this figurative treehouse that they could never find again. And he goes up to it um, and he sees Marin there and it's like they're going to get married and happily ever after sort of a deal um so there i don't i don't know there was a lot more i mean they definitely adapted the story to make it more easily accessible for a film and i totally get that but um oh i completely sorry i got sidetracked the thing i was gonna say about the treehouse is that when he goes up into the treehouse and they're closing the door on the treehouse, Ig looks down again and he sees like the devilish figure like he did when they were there the first time. I don't know. It, there was a, it was a really cool wraparound and it, it's just really fun. I really enjoyed Joe Hill's writing. Lots of like classic rock uh, references and stuff. There, he's actually in a little blue dress for a lot of the end of the movie. I I can't exactly remember why Ig is in a blue dress, but then there was the obvious I'm a devil in a blue dress joke, and I laughed so hard. How but hard? Apparent, so hard. <laughs> like monkey boner hard. Whoa. Whoa, that's... that's... <laughs> That's top that's, level. All right, that, that was the last time. That was the last time. I don't believe hard. it. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it. <laughs> I call it now. A year from now, we're gonna have people wearing T-shirts that says the Taco Killer Podcast, Monkey Boners. Monkey Boners. 
Con okay. it. At least it's not Attack of the Killer Monkey Boners. <laughs> and that was Wicked Words with Werther. Now it's time for Insane's Picks. <laughs> Why, thank you, Sam. <laughs> okay, so I'm doing something completely different for Insane's Picks this time around. Gasp, you say. <gasps> yeah, thank you. <clears throat> I'm not going to talk about a film this time. What? I'm actually... That's right. I'm actually going to talk, be talking about a person in this, in this episode of Insane's Picks. So we're doing primate horror... And I could have gone a billion and one directions with an insane's pick with this particular topic. <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. again, dozens of giant, um, giant ape movies that are just horrible. Stuff like Ape or The Mighty Peking Man. Those have been, but I, I felt like all of that was just too easy. <clears throat> and so on a much broader scale of things, I thought it would be very important to pay tribute to a man who is um, all, who is also well known for for ape films? Um, this is a man who has built his own ape suit, and no, I'm not talking about Rick Baker. I'm talking about George Barrows. Now, who is George Barrows? You ask. In 1947, uh, he he's an actor that did a lot of bit parts uh, throughout his entire career. Got several hundred. Credit acting credits to his name. It's a lot of bit parts, uh, dating all all through the decades. But in 1947, George built his own gorilla suit using hairs from yaks and even human hair, along with molded leather, and built his own gorilla suit. Now, this $800 gorilla suit won him roles in over a hundred movies and television uh, television shows, playing a gorilla. He has played a gorilla in such classic films as Gorillas at Large from 1954, Ghost in the Invisible Bikini in 1966, Hillbillies in the Haunted House in 1967, Black Zoo in 1963. He's also appeared in dozens and dozens of TV shows as gorillas in such shows as The Abbott and Costello Show, The Red Skeleton Hour, the Adams Family, The Lucy Show, and even the Beverly Hillbillies. But, but, but I say, George Barrows <laughs> is best known, is most well known for playing Roman in the 1953 film Robot Monster. Yes! Oh. <laughs> Where, as we mentioned nice. before, he took off the gorilla head and put on a diving helmet. That is his gorilla outfit. And because he had his own gorilla outfit and they were too lazy to make an alien, George got hired to play the not only um, Roman, the main antagonist of the movie Robot Monster, but also played the leader of the Roman Empire as well, which is basic, was basically the exact same outfit. Just shot in reverse. Anyway. So, yes. Good old Roman from Robot Monster. 
I just I've always been I always found it interesting the whole career of George Barrows and how he built a career and now he's like I said before he's done a lot of other act he has dozens and dozens actually way more acting credits than than Gorilla Park credits to his name but I always found it interesting that he had a whole like subgenre of his own career based on playing gorillas because he's had his own gorilla he had his own handmade gorilla outfit. He was born in 1914, died in 1994. Uh, his father was also a famous actor by the name of Henry A. Barrows. And his suit is currently on display at the Natural Museum of Los Angeles County. Awesome. So, for Insane's Picks this episode, I pay tribute to the career, to the monkey career of George Barrows. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you think there'd be less CGI today if people built their own costumes and <laughs> followed in George's mold? I just want to know what's going through his mind. Man, I really wish I had more <laughs> acting parts. Maybe if I build a gorilla suit. That's it. That's the ticket. <laughs> gorilla suits. There seems to be a demand for gorillas. I can meet this demand. Oh, okay. show them. <laughs> All right. Wow. Well, that was fun. All that monkey business. Mm. <laughs> More fun than a barrel of monkeys. <laughs> so, anybody else? Anybody, anybody want to add or any other... Um, primate puns before we conclude this episode oh come on I'm disappointed there's not more monkey puns uh, well nope. well it's been a fun episode talking about gorilla filmmaking but uh, uh, <laughs> like all good things must come to an end so Thanks, everybody, for being on tonight. Thanks, crew. And thanks, everybody out there, for listening and continually continuing to support the show. Tell your friends, tell your enemies to listen to Attack of the Killer podcast. And until next time, we'll, we'll talk to you next, next time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Bye. Oh, no. Word. Could this be the end of? <laughs> Attack of the Killer.